the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. Our movie this week is Moon, directed by David Bowie Jr. in 2009. Did you know that? The guy that directed this is David Bowie's son, and he changed his name so no one would go, Yep. Oh yeah, I'd like to work with David Bowie's son. Or maybe David Bowie's real name isn't David Bowie. (laughs) That could also be... That could be part of it, (laughs) Perhaps I was underthinking this. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or blurry. Press play, press pause when the Stage 6 logo fades to black. The first frame you perceive of all black after that logo fades down. Go ahead and press pause. And in a second, when I say 3, 2, 1, unpause... I'll press play, you'll press play, we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. And it'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, this week with four friends in your head, as opposed to last week, where we were more like enemies. Myself, as always, <laughs> Team Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Were we Hi. enemies last week? What? Who? Um, and Eddie the Eddie Doty. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> this uh, this movie, I saw this in at the Arclight yes, like, about a week. Did. I believe we all saw it together. We all together, yeah. yeah. My God. This is the first time I met all you fancy chaps, actually. Oh. Like, well, no, T Guy had met in like 2006, but, and I think you and I had met I briefly met at like. At at uh, the Comic Con, I think Five. I met you at a party oh, or something. Because some I remembered, yeah. I, I remembered I had seen you before. I'm like, I don't know right. who he is. I think it's celebra- I think it's celebration because oh, I was maybe. I was there with Amy and Terry with uh, Nudson and you okay. were there with RVD okay. too. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, so. so we uh we all saw this together. Apparently, I think we had someone had tweeted and said we're going to this, and then people glommed together. We're and, all working like two blocks away from the yeah, theater, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I loved it. I really liked it. But I like Sam Rockwell, and I like people going crazy in space, and I like the moon and. It's frankly a movie that's more or less built for me. I think the thing I like the least about it is the score. Uh, and I like the score unto itself. But in, in this movie, it doesn't feel right to me. Interesting. Hmm. But it's a really good... I mean, it's good. Dum, 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 dum. The piano stuff is cool. But you know, that's a weird nitpick and it doesn't really matter. Aside from weird little things like that, I really, really like this movie a lot. I, I think it's handsomely shot, cleverly put together. The production design is amazing. I love Kevin Spacey as Gertie and Sam Rockwell playing Sam Rockwell 25 times. is It's like Sam Rockwell candy. It's porn. It's amazing. <laughs> Brian William Fenifter, tell me how much you like yeah, Moon. I, Requisite sci-fi representation. I don't enjoy I don't think this it's movie. the sci-fi element that bothers him. No, it is. Is it? Well, it's the... It's, uh, it's the sci. It's the discontinuity. Being too sci. <laughs> it's the production design being too sci and then the, uh-huh. the plot element being too fi. Uh, so it's a, it's a disharmony between the psi and the phi. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Would it help if, it's, if it, there was a y instead of an i? Would that help? If it were siffy. If it was siffy. Oh, no. If it was phi or psi phi. My my problem with it is actually fairly straightforward in the sense that I love the the production design and, and it falls in the same category as Sunshine, where the the production design and the world that this movie apparently lives in is exactly what I want as a hardcore hard science fiction fan, and then the story just. The mechanics of the story just don't quite live up to it, and we'll we'll get there. But uh, I I love the fact that the basis of it is the whole helium three thing, which is a real thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and it's it's amazing the the fact that that is so close to reality. But then it the the plot element that it uh, requires to tell its story is so much more less rigorous science fiction, Brian, and that's what bothers Brian. me. Brian, yeah, go to the dick room. Here's the other thing. I was excited. We have a dick room. Take your little (laughs) (laughs) microphone. I was excited. Hold on. Microphone. Hang out in the dick room. Why was I not informed? (laughs) Mike's been like, I've been over how many times? You've been holding out on me. Dick room. I was as as excited as anybody else about watching two hours of uh, of uh, Sam Rockwell going crazy on the moon for two hours. 
but that's not actually what it is. Mm. And that that I have to say, I uh, I completely don't agree with Brian at all. But I do <laughs> see what he's talking about. I would, in fact, prefer a movie where it was just Sam Rockwell going crazy on the moon, as opposed to the one we got, which is right. that with a little twist. Uh, but I don't mind this one at all. But the twist, which isn't actually him being crazy. But we'll get there. Anyway. Brian, live from the dick room. Michael? Um, yeah, actually, I, I feel uh, the same way as you do, Teague. It's like uh, I, was, I was interested in seeing the movie as a uh, he's, he's cracking up on the, the you know, mm-hmm. being alone on the moon or whatever, um, having space madness or, uh, you know. Space dementia. Eating his own soap and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's not the movie that we got. And it is a little bit. It's well. It's definitely a magic bean that you have to either go okay, it's, it's, <laughs> or it's basically a whimsical side. Yeah, you either you either accept it. Uh, I'm not sure I'd say whimsical. <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty uh, heart heavy kind of sci-fi. But but I see what you you mean. It's it's a, a little bit silly, and you just have to accept that there's some silliness there and pretend that it's serious, like the movie does. Um, I will say I appreciate that they don't drag it out to make it like a twist. It's like midway through they're like, "Oh yeah, clones." It's like, "Oh, and now we're gonna and now we're gonna talk about the the ramifications yeah, of that yeah. as opposed to what's going on." Yeah. You know, so I do appreciate that. And there's there's a lot of uh, uh, elements to the movie where it's like a, a lesser movie would have dragged this out or, or d- gone a different way with it. And I do like that it it inverts a lot of those kind of tropes uh, as as we go through. Um, yeah, I it, I think it's a it's definitely a different kind of sci-fi movie than we've gotten in a long time. So I ha- I have to appreciate it on that level if nothing else. Um but I I do. I enjoy it. I think uh Sam Rockwell going insane and alone for <laughs> for an hour and a half uh would have been a very compelling movie as well, but um I'm happy with this one. I should point out that this movie I I I feel like I'm contradicting myself. I agree with Brian. It would be cool just to watch him go crazy. And then I said, but I like having this clone thing, too. It doesn't bother me. I should actually say I really like that because it allows us to watch the relationship burgeon between two clones in a way that I can't remember ever seeing before. Right. It, it basically treats the clones thing as just a part of life. And these guys just literally have to deal with the fact that they have a clone. Well, and we watch that play out. And that's actually as interesting as I think Sam Rocco going crazy that, would have been. That's a good topic of conversation. We should save it until we start playing the movie right. because it is something yeah, I want sweet. to talk about. And Eddie the Eddie Doty. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. I'm a sucker for um, I'm a sucker for identity movies as a whole and and I think you get into I think you get into sort of, you know, um, uh, it, uh, it's sort of, uh, you know, in a way like some Asimovian things are covered here like am i alive do i have a right to be alive what should i you know because there's this, i know uh i like the movie i i like it understanding its limitations because it's not a perfect movie uh and i think there are some valid points in what in what brian and, and mike are saying uh th- what i i feel this way about i feel about this movie like what i feel like with pie because i the, like the pastry or the movie the, <laughs> the movie i liked pie i liked pie a lot but it wasn't like a great film. It wasn't like it's. It's. I don't think it's Aronofsky's best film. But I think it's. It was the announcement of Aronofsky as a director saying, "Hey, I'm here." And I feel like Moon is like an announcement of Duncan Jones saying, "Hey, I'm here." Um, that's one. The other thing is, if you play poker, there's a saying called. Um, 
small hand, small pot, big hand, big pot. Meaning that if you have like a pair of kings, that's not a great Switch hand, but you, grape. you could you could like you could you could win a small pot with that. So you want to keep the you want to control the size of the pot so that it, you don't get get it too big because you don't have that great of a hand. And if you have a really great hand, you want to make that pot as huge as you can. I feel this is like a small pot, small hand film in the sense that it's he knew a, his limitations. He knew his limitations. Enough. He had a small budget. He made the most out of it. And if this movie had been with you know Leonardo DiCaprio and had a hundred million dollar budget and uh, and Hugh Jackman played the clone of Leo DiCaprio and I'm just saying if this was like a huge Hollywood production you'd be like eh. but because it's so small in its nature and in its story you're like that's really cool I really and that's why it makes me excited to see what Duncan Jones does next because I was really excited for what Darren Aronofsky could do next after seeing Pie even though that movie isn't in my mind perfect it's still enjoyable it consider it's more enjoyable considering its limitations and gotcha. um, so because of that I like this movie a great deal sweet with that being said you have your DVD paused at the point where the Stage 6 logo fades to black, as I do here. And in a second, we're going to place play. So have your mouse on the remote. No, finger on the mouse. Or the remote. Three, two, one. Unpause. And we're in. <laughs> we're psyching you out, trying to see if you were... Yeah. Just seeing if you were paying attention. Now, um, I, I mentioned this uh, kind of before so uh before we start rolling but i edited a documentary it's like a one-hour special for discovery called mining the moon it was part of this sidetrack series and the whole hour long was about our efforts now to mine the lunar surface for a variety of you know natural resources that we could use as either fuel or water help us with colonization help us with launching a mission to the to mars using it as a way station and the stuff about helium three and you know the 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 solar rays and the regolith capturing the helium three over time. That's absolutely true. That is real science. Yep. That yeah, is, it absolutely the, is. The only debatable thing, there is helium three and we know we can use it for energy. The only thing that's in question so far is how much of it and will it yield enough to make it worth our while. That's the only thing we're not really sure of at this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's no atmosphere. So all of the solar rays that we're protected from that, that, you know, our atmosphere stops us from being turned into liquid. The moon doesn't have that. So it gets to absorb, Ice from comets, uh, solar rays, uh, ultraviolet radiation—like it gets absorbed all this stuff, and it's just—it's packed. It's packed in there. How much we don't know, but the, I mean, this—the whole premise of this film works because that's real science backing it up. Is that what you worked on available anywhere? Can people get that? Um, you know, it's uh, Discovery will play it once in a blue moon. So if you do your thing, I have it on DVD. Um, so it, is it out on DVD somewhere I, on their website? Probably or not. But uh, yeah, if you—it's—I don't even think they called it sidetrack. I think they just called it mining the moon. But it, it, they do play once in a while on any of the seven discoveries um but nice. yeah it's on there and and expecting as we all did that this movie was going to be sam rockwell going crazy and hallucinating and then walking it and literally the introduction being a movie being this absolutely real uh process that is completely do you have an objection grounded. to this up to, up to this point no i mean do you have an objection to them setting up the movie as a serious movie and then they disappointed you with their plot it's basically that. It's, like I said, it's basically it falls into the the sunshine category where the setup is so grounded and so realistic that I was over the moon to use a horrible pun. I want to. I want. That was pretty bad. And then uh, then it's the how the story actually turns out was more conventional, and that that's the letdown. I want to throw this in. The structures that we saw um, are very uh, yeah, they're very blocky. But in the research to do this movie, um, Duncan Jones actually talked to NASA and talked to a bunch of NASA researchers about, you know, sort of the designs and he showed them their concept art 
And uh, they said, well, why do, you, why do your build? They asked Duncan Jones, why do your buildings look like that? And he's like, well, I just figured you guys would be making, um, you know, a lot of the materials out of what you find on the moon, which is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. We're not going to ship oxygen up to them like that. They're going to have to get oxygen from the water and distill it into a gas. Uh, and one scientist raised her hand and said, yeah, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm working on this stuff right now called Mooncrete, which is a concrete mix made out of water and regolith that we can make into a paste that we can build our structures out of, or at least the exteriors of it. So I love it when someone guesses that well. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Way to, way to be on it, yo. And apparently some of the NASA scientists were like inspired by what Duncan was doing. And so some of the designs actually changed after this movie. Nice. So it's, well, it's pretty a little, That's a little scary. But, all but right. no, it's, I mean, that's, you know, that's art and science sort of meeting and, you know. Yeah, worth pointing out that a lot of this, uh, because of the low budget nature, a lot of um, what we see in terms of the lander and the the uh, you know the mining vehicle and stuff like that, not the lander, but this thing, um, and the mining vehicle and all of that are models. Yeah, as opposed to models with uh, uh, digital CG augmentation. Yeah, like they added the dust getting kicked up and the headlights and stuff like that, and extended the moonscape. Yeah, exactly. But they they saved a lot of money by not having to create you know digital vehicles and yada yada. And they got a. And got Probably a, total a better result. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's totally great. It, it's what makes it feel like a throwback uh, a sci-fi movie. You know, it feels like it, it belongs in the 2001 era and stuff like that. It does that. have a very, very 2001. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's our, there's our Aronofsky connection because the score is by Clint Manziel who yeah. did um, Requiem for a Dream. Yep. That's, and I think and, you, and I could have told you that. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. I yeah. think if you if you know Mansell's stuff, you know <laughs> what yeah, you're you know listening cool to. The repetitious note, you know, yeah. you get that a lot. Also, I was watching the behind the scenes doc last night just because I was really interested in the effects. And the lens flares are practical. They're not, not shot. Present. They're not shot with the model, but they shot flashlights off to the side on a black screen and got the lens flares interactively wherever they should be in the frame. Right, a, a, a plate of the lens flare where it should be. And now, it. if you're, if you're, just a quick little fun note. If you're wondering how we plan on actually excavating regolith from the surface of the moon, the answer is we haven't officially decided yet. And as a matter of fact, if you're one of our more industrious readers, uh, you can do a lookup. NASA promotes a thing every year called the Regolith Challenge, and it's open to anyone. But it's basically is, an is that in- where they offer up regolith. Uh- no, basically, to- no, basically. Well, no, I mean, yeah, they uh, there's a there's a certain kind of soil they recommend to practice on, but you can design your own uh, regolith excavator, like build it practically, take it to Washington D.C. once a year, and they will they have a I think it's a quarter of a million dollar prize and a DARPA contract or something like that if they like your design the best, and they will co opt the technology and throw it up there on our first sort of attempt, whenever that may be. So. Uh, there are a few there. And there's been a few there that have come really close where the NASA scientists are like, ooh, oh, we shit. like that. Oh, shit. And then it gets on there and it just it's it doesn't R three D five. It just breaks down like right in the middle <laughs> of it. So it just, you know R three D five? Or um R the from Star Wars, the droid that oh, uh, bails. Oh. I think that's just R five. R five D four. R five D four, yeah. R five yeah. It just it just craps out about halfway through. So if you're one of our readers and you have uh, some experience with uh, robotics, uh, a toy designer actually came really close one year. So Anyway, cool. Little tangent, but when was the first time you guys became aware of Sam Rockwell? Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah. Was Green Mile before or after Galaxy? Green Quest? Mile. Green Mile was was my first. Uh, I think they were within the same uh, year. Yeah, of each really other. close to each other. But I I first noticed him in uh, in Green Mile. Uh, but I also um, discovered that he was in the first Ninja Turtles movie. That's right. I went yeah. back and rewatched <laughs> it, and I'm like. <gasps> <laughs> it's you, <laughs> and he totally is Sam Rockwell in that movie. Like you can, t- you look. It's it doesn't just look like him. Like he's always been the way. same way. He who always is, performs the same way. Again? He's the he's the um um 
when when you're getting a big tour of the the um, foot headquarters, there's a bit where he's he's like giving a tour to new members, and he's like, "Yeah, like anything you want." Oh, blah, blah. Yeah, it was yeah. like a teenager. And they're like, "Hey, can we get cigarettes?" And he's like, "Regular or menthol?" And like, <laughs> he's that guy. And wow. even he even like gives them like a a wink, like the Sam Rockwell like, you know, bat- <laughs> the patented Sam Rockwell. Yeah, the, wink. The, the the when he's playing like a punk. Jerk character, like he's always got that same kind of you know vibe to him, and he does like the wink, and I'm like, oh, it's Sam Rockwell, <laughs> and we d- we had no idea. <laughs> he's been there the whole time. Uh, Sam Rockwell might be among the most talented uh, douchebag actors because he doesn't always play a douchebag, but no. when he does, he plays. It's a not yeah. it's not always the same douchebag. No, you're he can play yeah. creepy. He can play kind of shady. He can play just bad guy. He can play bad person, yeah. which and he can it, just yeah. play loner mishap Kind of a guy. dick, yeah. <laughs> which, it, you know, it's funny. Um, I used to be friends with uh, Doug Hutchison, who played Percy in The Green Mile. Percy. Ah. And uh, he, uh, well, I met him. He was on Lost, too. Yeah, he was on Lost for a great deal of time. And uh, I met him right after he had filmed Green Mile, or right after Green Mile had come out, and right right as he was filming The Salt and Sea with Val Kilmer. And he said it was. He said it was just a contrast in styles because Sam Rockwell is like the nicest guy, like on set, but such a imaginable a hole in that movie. Uh, and and yet he and he had, like he was really he had a lot of respect for his for Sam's like process of getting into character and 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 really just bring and very professional, very like you know always very gracious to everybody, as opposed to Val Kilmer, who has been known to be kind of a prick. Yeah, and I and I won't I won't say what Doug said, but it you know it, it doesn't it doesn't contrast those. Rumors exactly. So. I watched the uh, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff on Moon. I read a lot about. I've I've been doing a lot of Moon search this week, and watching Sam Rockwell in interviews was actually the first time I'd ever seen him in interviews. It's it, ah. it's weird to ever see an actor for the. You don't realize you've never seen them just be themselves. Yeah, before. you've never seen the person before. And, yeah, and watching Sam Rockwell, I was <laughs> over the moon. <laughs> he was totally <laughs> he seemed Okay, you totally... and I have to find a place for that as well. <laughs> I apparently, I know, so. seriously, he seemed totally real and really cool. And I was very excited because he's one of my favorite actors out there today. And it's if, very infectious. I've been finding myself and, doing that. This at movie all. was written for him, presumably yes. because Duncan I wonder. Jones... I wonder if seeing seeing his ass had anything to do with the term moon. I don't know. We did just now. Keep working on it, Mike. I understand. <laughs> Good first try. I try. All right. So we're establishing how this world works right now, and that there, we've already established that there's no direct live link. That there's no live link to them. Hey, what's the matter with the satellite? It doesn't work. They can only do these delayed messages periodically, and we'll find out how that you know relates to, directly to the plot. But um, already, I mean, even we, I remember when we were watching this in theaters, like, hey, what's wrong with the live link? And I remember going, oh, that's we're gonna see that a little bit later, aren't we? Uh-huh. Like, that's going to be an issue, like isn't it? Shot of the Cook and Hunt for Red October. <laughs> which is not that... Speaking of Val Kilmer. Which is not that big of... What? Ooh, kiss Kiss what? Bang Bang. It's a line from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, that Shot of the Cook is not that bad as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang makes it out to be. I don't think, personally. Fucking take it up with Shane Blizz. Also, if you, notice, if, you, if you notice this, it's always, you know, it's always a message that speaks in generalities. I got your message. I miss you, too. Uh, I love you. It's not like... It's like, hey, I really like that shirt you were wearing. It's not anything directly related... Did you see the football game last week? Did they yeah. name that up yet? Hey, did the local sports franchise win the team? You know, it's not like any. But there's there's already indications because we just saw there was like a jump cut yeah. in the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's there's, like, I mean, uh, it's not so very... she probably did mention something specific, and Gertie's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, you you get. I mean, it's not. These are not like v- terribly subtle hints. Like, I mean, they are there. You know, they, and if and a, a a viewer who pays attention can probably pick up even by now. 
that there's something. Uh, you know, I I like the movie a lot, and I think it's very smart. But I'm I there are certain cliches in movies I have. One is when like the villain walks around the hero, and the hero doesn't turn around as the villain explains her plan. And the other is uh, <laughs> the hand on the screen. I I'm I, I don't know. Can, I don't can we, close can we, my eyes. I don't. You know, like I've had video chats with people I miss. I don't. Because <laughs> a, it just muscles up the screen. You don't want to yeah. smudge it, you know. And and I mean, really, Let's you know, in the, in the age of the iPad and all of that, it's like all. Oh, oh no, no, I didn't. No, make, no, sorry, no, come back. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh. Yeah. I just electrocuted I, you. How did that? I yeah, do like the fact that as much of it as it is a cliche in in things where you know the supposedly surveillance footage that pan and tilts and dollies and everything. Uh, right. It's like. A surveillance camera or stationary webcam would never do that, right? Right. Or make weird jump cuts that people never acknowledge right. because it's actually editing. There's the weird jump cut, and he actually goes, "Hey, wait a second, what? That shouldn't be there." Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess we can get into this now. It doesn't come up till later, but what? I, I, I'm curious about the genetics of this because a he's really? bo- he's born with memory, which yeah, is that's, like, that's that's and, a clone trope though. That's, people yeah. just okay. but b. Uh, would it necessarily be gene degradation? Have, you know, they would have stuff. such different personalities. That's that's the thing. I mean, that it, it could be, but they have the exact same nurture. That's an that is an They're interesting the same nature, and they have the same nurture. Right? They they they've got the same set of memories. So shouldn't they be exactly starting the from right. the same the right. same place? And, yeah. and here's the thing: like the movie is so damn smart on its moon science because we've picked up moon dirt, we've played with it, we've analyzed it, we've poked and prodded it, and we've done all these things to it. And so we also we, have the the fact the red herring there. Yeah, yeah. The, the hallucination. The, the hallucination. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that's and by the way, the bandage is a smart idea for when, for later on when we get uh, we when we get a two time Sam Rockwell and we can actually that's that's how we're going to be able to like tell the two apart, you know. But uh, on the on the other hand, we we can point out that one of them has been alone on the moon for three years and one of them was just exactly. quote unquote born. Right. So maybe he does always start that way, and he just and he gets that assholeness exactly, yeah. kind of knocked out of him by the the solitude. Maybe which which kind of I mean you know so like I, like I was saying the the you know we know a. We know as much as we're going to know about uh, uh, about Regolith until we get up there and even do more to it. But we know quite a bit because we've actually interacted with it. We won't know really what human cloning is like until somebody you know actually does it. We're not going to actually know what that's like until we I'll actually. Bet you twenty interact. bucks, someone's tried. We know, oh, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. we, you know, I think I think we we can know a couple things about it. A couple. We can, we, yeah, I but, mean, we can know that. You're not going to get the memories. You're not going to get the memories. You know, we and know that. Yeah, and your genes probably won't just degrade for some right. Star it's, Trek it's, reason. You know? I mean, human cloning. People make a thing of it. I mean, I mean, President Obama was like, "Yes, yeah, stem cells, but not cloning because that's wrong." And blah blah blah. I'm like, it's not r- like you got to pander and say that shit, but it's not like human cloning is just. It happens all the time in nature. Not all the time, but it happens. Identical twins, identical twins yeah, are clones. clones of one um, so a, a human clone would just be an identical twin born 40 years later. That's what a, a clone would be. Right. You know? So there's no reason to think anything you know, that, that, that they would, uh, instead of having a soul, they'd be possessed by Satan or anything like right, that. Right. It's like, well, or, or yeah. One or, other thing that's along those same lines, and it's just it's like a specific crystallization, distillization, something about that point is if they both are the same exact guy with the same memories and experiences, uh, that means they both were programmed or whatever to have felt like they've been working on these models forever. When in fact, they're an ongoing project that all the Sams have worked on. Right. Right. So why does one not care at all? Things like that. And and those, and those are good questions. And that's why, you know, when you butt up, and I guess the answer is people are different, man. Mutations. 
and that's the thing. When you, uh, when you bump up speculative science with sci- sci-fi tropes against uh, an aspect of the plot that's actually pretty hard knowable science, that's you know, the problem. That's, that's the, the problem. Discontinuity. That's a discontinuity. And so I, that's why I see what your point is. I do like that Gertie is anchored. I do like that he's not just like a blooping, beeping, walking around yeah. robot. He's actually anchored. It keeps him there. His his you know his ability to only go in certain parts of the place is actually comes up later. You know, like that that yeah, actually places began, he can't go. That, exactly. And so therefore he's alone when he discovers the clones later on. Like there's I like that. I like that. That's you know that's that's smart screenwriting to you know. To keep the plot where it needs to go, I like that too. The little jump cuts of, like what, and that that was kind of made me think is like is Gertie like intentionally trying to? You it's know? it's interesting because because again one of the subversions um, that that goes on and as we discover later is um, is Gertie in the How Nine Thousand? Yeah, Gertie 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 is clearly. I mean I mean. Uh, Kevin Spacey is clearly doing a Hal thing with yeah. with his very calm and and gentle voice and all I, of that. I think you should take a pill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So but he's, he's Gertie the Good Robot. Yeah, yeah. But, but but then you find out that he's he's good and he's he's on his he's side. So helping, yeah, yeah, so it's actually kind of it, which that, is really refreshing. That's a refreshing, and it's it's like a twist without being a twist. Yeah. Like it's it's actually completely straightforward. But since the robot's always crazy, having the robot not be crazy and actually be nice and helpful is like a twist somehow. And I gotta say that is something where real science is not backing us up on because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good friends with a guy named Sean Baby who who writes uh, for Cracked and he used to write for this uh, Bay Area newspaper called The Wave. And he had a series of columns about the ro- robopocalypse and how real robots like are literally just being designed to kill us at this point there's there's one robot there's a robot that runs on blood blood the blood powered robot <laughs> there's one robot that uh, uh, which is uh, somehow brian's fault there's, there's one robot in england that a scientist designed that is in the shape and swims just like a shark and uh he said this is perfect for open fields of water or a conveniently recently flooded orphanage like i mean it's just it's you know it, it's it's like why would you even do that there's one where it was it was called the flaming dragon and it was supposedly a quote rescue vehicle in japan that essentially was two jaws of life on arms on a tank tread and it's like yeah that's never going to go wrong and fucking rip somebody apart <laughs> you know and so so to have a sci-fi movie that has a robot who's on our side i'm i'm all for that interesting thing about gertie uh and i didn't catch this the first time and i probably should have but i guess it's a testament to them uh about half the time gertie is cg really really huh. wow yes gertie My- is cg and uh the articulated arms are almost always cg my my white belt Lit by CG HDRI is textured blown away. with uh, photogrammetry, and it's almost completely seamless. It's amazing. It's really well done. I think for the 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 more uh, it was for the the it's, more it's when he's moving a lot and changing yeah. and changing angles. Yeah, and I think I might be wrong, but I think there was a secondary like there was one Gertie that was just hanging off the ceiling. There was a secondary, uh, ma- uh, actual real, uh, differently articulated Gertie that was actually sitting on a dolly that they painted out. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense to do it that way. If clever I shit. I mean, a lot Indeed. of clever shit. A, lo- a lot of very simple solutions to what look like complicated effects, especially when we get to two Sam Rockwells running around. Yeah, right. and oh yeah. I'm actually. I, I was actually impressed by some of the interaction. I mean, there, there, are, couple, there yeah. are clearly moments where they were like, and then we'll have him like, like pinch his cheek because that's fucking crazy or whatever and right. it's like that'll be really you know, hard it's like yeah it's like oh yeah. it's in 3d let's have him throw a tennis ball at the screen you know but but it still like works because right. yeah. by there that are, point you're are, like oh wow there are a couple really impressive ones one where uh no new sam is sort of consoling old sam and he sort of like rests his hand on his head and stuff like yeah. that like yeah and another one where <laughs> new sam is giving old sam a headlock the headlock was what i was gonna say that was very impressive they're, they're, they're both like how did you do that? And you can actually figure it out. 
the uh, the one where he's putting his hand on his head and you can see the weight shifting. That's the one that it took me a little while, but I, I think I got it. I like that with Gertie. They even in the future they didn't try to do like a full face human render because that'd be too creepy. I like that Gertie communicates in emoticons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like that's just very charming to me. And you know, I I mentioned in Alien commentary how I and like another good reversal off yeah. of the, off a of house off a hell. It's just a happy eye. face. Yeah. It's just and I like when he's like being coy. It's just like. A, mm-mm face uh but i like uh I, you know i talked to an alien about the lived in aesthetic and i like how gertie's kind of messy because it's just one dude and he's you know gertie doesn't care about being clean like why why would he you know like he's there to cut his hair with a floby he's not there to look pretty well himself. and gertie isn't paying attention to himself like if anything yeah, you he's know there for the guy sam is going to be the guy who, who cleans him up occasionally it's, but it's the other aspect that whatever his name really is yeah the other the other aspect um oh uh, sam rockwell well, his name really is sam but i don't know his character yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The other aspect of the sort of, you know, of the sci-fi, the science part that doesn't work for me that I don't feel is accurate, under no circumstance, either private corporation or government agency would put a man either on a space station or on a lunar colony alone. Yeah, like there's right. there's so many sci- like psychological studies. Part of the reason why we're not in a hurry to go to Mars is because it would take about two and a half years to get there. Yeah. And you would and you, I mean they you need to be made of some pretty stern stuff to um to a not just a year into it screw every one of your co members or your 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 capsule mates uh, or just go insane just because you're going to be on a rocket going nowhere or going infinite you know into infinite space for two and a half years straight. Uh, so putting a guy up there with just uh, you know a chatty computer, uh, that that's and, and and a broken video feed like that's that's not going to work, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that for me it goes back towards no sacrificing. You're, you're absolutely right for that. Sacrificing yeah. scientific realism on an otherwise a very stellar movie in terms of realism for the necessity of the plot. I don't think it qualifies as double magic beings. I think the, I think the cloning is magic beings. Yeah, I, I think I, the magic. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the cloning they, and especially the. Well, the, clo- I think- the kind of clones that have the memory imprint, because yeah, that's, that's, that's very scientific. I think the magic bean is, it's the future. No, and that's no, where we get no. the cloning and being on the moon. No, because really, if we if we like if we devoted a hundred percent of our resources to doing this, we could get there within a few years. I yeah, mean, we could really get there like pretty quickly. It's but cloning. You know, it, it, we, we, you know, I mean, cloning, cloning a, a fully grown adult with all of its memories. memories. Actually, that's, that might be a double, that might be a second yeah. magic bean. What? No. No. What? No. No. Moon col- he's on a moon colony by himself, and then halfway through the movie, he also has a clone. Like I don't think the, I don't think, I don't think the moon bean. colony is the magic yeah. bean. I, I think, think it's think a clone. That's, is that's just, so yeah. it's a sci-fi setting with one magic bean. Yes. Yeah. I think if yeah. you I think if you, just, if you roll the timeline forward, the the lunar colony and the regolith mining. It, it is just a, it's it's a it's a fact of what's going to be in the future. It, you could also look at it as the sense of well, what about Sam Rockwell going crazy? Is that a fact? It, you could that's also look a, at it with now, I, yeah, <laughs> with it, it, it as it having the prestige problem, where the prestige is at least my problem with it is it spends the whole movie telling you there's no magic bean. And then there's a magic yeah, bean. I had the I production had the same design of this, with it. The, I wasn't on the episode, but yeah. The production design of this movie tells is with the whole helium three thing telling you there's no science fiction magic bean here. And then you have the cloning, which is a very right. classic very science fiction magic. Bean. Remind me, yeah. weren't there clone shots in the trailer? Doesn't uh, it, isn't it evident that he, it, doesn't yeah. it suggest he's going crazy it, and seeing it, himself? Yes, it suggests that that he's having a a mental problem. Yeah, and and uh, uh, so yes, you do see two Sam Rockwells, but the implication is that he's, he's going, going crazy. crazy. Not okay. that there's yeah. well, that's certainly why I came to the movie. I mean, yeah. that's like fucking. I would watch Sam Rockwell go crazy for way longer. And than also, movie. you know, again, uh, you know. Cloning your DNA is not going to bring back your tattoos. Right. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, should be no an indication. Kidding. No kidding. Yeah, that's that's a glaring. Like, yeah. I mean, you could cover it up easily, but I know uh, how Brian feels. How do you guys feel about that 
that direction the plot goes in with the cloning. I mean, would you I, have? Would I, you, do you think it's a deficiency of the movie? I, ex- I I think it's a little. I was a little disappointed. Like, oh well, okay. Um, was that in any way fixed by them playing it out so realistically? I think, just I think, the I think of it, it being played out again, like I like I was saying at the the beginning. Um, I think the fact that they don't save that till the end and they can play it out um, makes it work better because then the movie becomes about it as opposed to just being like ta da yeah. at the end. You so know? that's a difference. And they were clones all yeah. along. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's a difference between this and Sunshine. Though. I think so. Yeah. If Sunshine was like this, the weird guy would show up, and then the rest of the movie would be about him, about dealing and with it, him. And sure. Sunshine would be less bad. Because of it, yeah. Because it would still be disappointing, at least as far as I'm concerned. Right. Because yeah. of the, I like that. Yeah. By the way, that's a that that under the sheet shot is. Yeah, you see, uh, Gondry do that a couple times too. Uh, I think I think this movie is a superb execution of a fundamentally flawed concept. Mm. Uh, you know, because it's because once you flaw being the flaw being the clones, the flaw being just the idea that because uh, it's it's a very you know spooky. I love I love the aesthetic. I love the performances. I love the direction. I lo- I, I like so much about this but it's you, you've got a kernel that's a little bit a little bit sour it's in- and, yeah know. it's interesting i mean i mean one thing i like about it is uh, like you were saying it's it's him it's the clones dealing with each other and it's basically you know the the kind of internal conflict but it's made external by having it be you know it's it's yeah. literally man versus self but it's externalized into into two different people but um I wonder. I wonder what you could do if it was just if it was just he was going crazy, right. and you were visualizing right, right. the relationship between. between well, frankly, the two I've of them. seen that a lot, and I would rather see clones. I guess that's true. I guess I that's we, that's we see a lot of people going crazy and talking to people that aren't there. No, yeah. I'd rather see I'm, crazy because I've never we've never seen crazy with this realistic aesthetic. Right. Right. I and wonder what they could. Do. I wonder. What I don't could think it would be. I don't it, think it would be a lesser movie for. Because in this I, sense, there's actually there's actually at least a story. You know, they're discovering right. that there's there's. And he has someone to talk to. Yeah. That's real. And that's, in that scenario, he could even think it was a cloning scenario just to right. further his denial. Right. But but the thing is, if it's not a cloning scenario, well, then no, you the, lose... like the twist would be it's not a clone. Right. You're fucking crazy. But well, I don't think that's the R- twist. R- I think that's what people assume. And you lose the story, which is like, oh, this company has been lying. You know, they they right. paid this guy once, but then they keep regenerating him, and they're not thinking about the human cost of it because they don't think of him as a human, and blah 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 blah. Real, real quick, sciencey note here. He sabotages the thing and then he says oh it's meteorites and he's like there have been no meteorites Sam like I can see a meteorite coming and then he says uh, micrometeorites micrometeorites are a thing and they're tiny like golf ball or softball sized meteorites that come in high volume part of our solution uh to doing that would be to have a majority and all, for that and also for uh, radiation. radiation from solar flares uh, is to have a sub base built underground in these old lava tubes, which because there used to be molten lava kind of flowing through uh, like the topper layer of the moon and it, leaves these hollowed out giant cave tubes that we could send people under to like hang out there kind of as like a bomb shelter when either micrometeorites come or uh a solar solar flare. flare comes we could use those to like keep our people in so that's that's and if they're pockets with no leaks you could probably even pressurize them a little bit yeah no that's exactly what they'd you, have to yeah, do yeah you could that's exactly what they'd have you to could, do that's so. cool and you can and you can connect, that's really cool you can uh use a underground uh mining to bore holes to connect to a couple together once we get the topography down and so we, we map out all those other stuff there's lots of cool things about the moon that we can sort of you know w- modernize um not Regardless quite, of, of how it gets done, yeah. most likely our our moon colonies and our Mars colonies will end up being substantially underground because of radiation, because of radiation and yeah. micrometeorites, and because well, the, the, the the sizable amount of water that we found recently with the, yeah. with the bombing run we did, and, and it's about damn time 
we bombed the moon. Uh, <laughs> it's and because of that, we you know we have enough water for them to sustain themselves and enough water to make uh, continue you know, a good supply of oxygen and mooncrete and, and mooncrete. Uh, but yeah, to to do that with not to put too fine a point on what everything you guys were saying because I absolutely agree with everything. But I feel like this would is like the best modern episode of Twilight Zone and like ever. Love sure. it. I, and I, I yeah. love I love Twilight Zone because Twilight Zone did things exactly like this and even outer limits to a certain extent. And I feel like. In a lot of ways, this would have been better as like a one-hour modern-day Twilight Zone episode. Sure. In a lot of ways, like yeah. on HBO or something. It probably would have. Well, it, they probably would have if Twilight Zone were still exactly. on the air. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's and that and that used to be a launching ground for young directors. Right. You know? I mean, the, right. things like that. You, a lot of young writers and directors got their start on Outer Limits or Twilight. Yeah. Zone. Yeah. I want to be. I want to be. Outer clear Limits on was more of a monster series. True. So. Well, yeah. More, yeah. more, more terrifying sci-fi yeah. and, and and fantasy. But yeah. then the thought-provoking. Kind. Yeah. Well. Uh, but they, I mean, outer limits. Sci-fi mm-hmm. had its share of. I mean, uh, Twilight Zone had its share of sure, uh, sure. monsters. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. The pig um, nose people. And, and I want to be clear on something. They were I am monsters. Really, they were beautiful. <laughs> I am <laughs> really glad this movie exists, and we're talking about ways it too. could be yeah, different. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm still very happy with this movie. I want more movies like this. I want more people to take. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want more. Absolutely. And I, I think I think if there's you know an upside to our economic situation and movies and TV. I mean, you know, we all work in movies and TV and we probably all notice the budgets of things going like that a little bit. Um, I think an upside to that is maybe Except like Yogi bear and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I right? saw some footage from that and I'm pretty oh, sure God. the Pope is going to blame that on us too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, By us, you mean atheists. <laughs> yes, right. exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what that poster say? Come inside of air. Or something Here we, like yeah. that, Here we but, go. But, uh, <laughs> It's a, no <laughs> great Sam, things come in bears. Yeah, and, so and, no, that's horrible. Sam just it's found a crime against God. A crashed rover. Right, goes inside. There's a spacesuit. He freaks out. Bump, bump, wipes bump. off the dust, and it's another one of you. Yeah, honestly, it would have been cool if you would have started the movie here. Like we're you thirty, we're thirty minutes in. This is this is. The act one, act two break. Yep. Well, and I'm saying it's a 90 minute movie. You could have started the movie here where he's going through his day and, and then he and then he finds and then he another him. It's like what the f- yeah. I mean, you that would be very interesting yeah. if that's where it if started. That's, if, yeah. Yeah, if we didn't see the accident and he just rolls up and he sees this guy. Yeah. You know? But uh, but but then again, it, I understand why they did it because that's a CG Gertie. because uh, because old Sam is the one who makes the sacrifice in the end, and he well, his name is Sam. That's why I was yeah. confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Sam Bell, Sam yeah. Rockwell. Old Sam is the one who makes the sacrifice in the end, so therefore he's like he's our our main character, and new Sam is sort of the supplementary, you know, is, is the secondary character. Yeah, in a lot of ways. So I, I understand why they did it, but it would have been interesting. And I think if you did want to make it an hour long. Twilight Zone episode. That's where you. Well, yeah, you cut out the first thirty minutes, and then it's an hour long. So cut out one, yo, and then it's a BBC hour long program. Yeah, Yeah. and if it had started there, then you don't have any problem with these false expectations that the movie sets. Right, exactly. You know, right from from Jump Street that it's oh, we're we're cloning now. Apparently, I don't think it sets up false expectations. It does. Well, let me let me let me explain why I think that. Because if you're going to have a movie do anything ever, it's going to set up a real world first. It doesn't matter what it's going to do with it, its plot. It's going to set it's up. Gonna have, if it's going to be a movie about clones on the moon, um, they're going to be on the moon. It's going to look like this. I, I think. I think you're going to watch that play out. It's and going then you to. Find it's out. Uh, to to clarify. It's it's going to set up its world first. Right. Yeah, not exactly. necessarily right. the real world. And the yeah. problem is the problem is the the false expectations in this is that it sets up a very very real really? world. Sure. Down to the fact but, that helium three is a real right, thing. Right. But and I all think I think that's part yeah. Of, but those are just details in the movie. No, no. That's but trying uh, to set to, up and to be honest, I think that's part of the point. For somebody who doesn't know about helium three, it does it doesn't make any difference. But I think and that's fine. I think that's also part of the point in a way in the sense that it's trying to set up a very realistic situation so that i think i think the tension between how how 
very real this future is and this cloning thing is meant to be part of the experience of the movie, something that uh, the movie itself tries to, uh, you know, their reactions and stuff like that, they're struggling with and that the audience is supposed to kind of struggle with as well because it's it's going it's clearly going outside of their realm of experience and understanding so i think that's it's meant to do that to us a little bit too so i don't think it's lying to you and giving you false expectations i think this is just the way the movie has to be for this story to take it take place obviously you could cut act one but if it's going to be a movie there's really no reason to it establishes the scenario and the character yeah and plus it's, it's and, awesome and and also you know the kind of thing verisimilitude it makes the the it might have been the goal that they they were trying to make this situation feel more real by surrounding it with with reality. In which case, they way. just succeeded a little too well. Uh huh. Don't blame the movie for being good. <laughs> yeah, we've often no, looked- and it, well, again, I love the fact that they they did that research and that's yeah. it's as real as it is. That's as I've said before. But go that's all the what way I want it. it. Yeah, but, go all the way. But if you're going to establish that universe, then your story has to work within that universe. Right. I mean, and then right. and this universe is the a real. Our real world, mm-hmm. but the story does not could not exist in our real world. Right? Yeah, I mean, traditionally, I mean, sci-fi at its best is it, it, it's not a it's not what we know now as like sci-fi movies, which is more sci-fi action. It's about taking a real thing or something that's almost there, barely out of grasp, or or just you know what we can clearly see as the future, and using that to explore. Um, Ideas. Ideas of what it is to be human and ideas of what it is to, you know, the issues that we grapple with now and by framing it in the future, you can get a kind of a clearer view at yes. it. Ron Barry understood that very well with the original Star Trek. That's, that's, you know? that's definitely my belief, and we've discussed it on the show before. Yeah, that's of, my of belief course, of, what's, yeah, of what sci-fi absolutely is. It's, and I'm it's, certainly not the first guy to say that. Oh, it's, sure. You know, it's, but sure. It's, it's, it's worth noting. I mean, you know, guy, when you look at, like, Stan Lee when he created the X-Men and Jack Kirby, they, you know, they were using that to talk about racial politics of the day. You right. know, that was about when you saw the, the discrimination against the X-Men, against the mutants. It was talking about what we knew then. Even Ron right. Barry, that episode of Star Trek with the aliens the that were half black on the one side and half white on the other, and the other race was flipped, and therefore they had hated each other for <laughs> yeah. 10,000 years. And Brian Singer like, made it a gay thing, and then, it right. was like, you know. Right. But. It's like, how did the censors not... Because if you watch that episode, it's so fucking obvious. Right, <laughs> right. How did the censors of the day not not put that together? They're spectacularly... I mean, even Censors now, are very you, literal. Yeah. They're yeah. very much like, what are you saying? I, it's... All right. Okay. Same thing You're not the... talking about actual black people, so it's fine. <laughs> Same thing with uh, I don't understand what you are saying. You're literally only talking about half black people, yeah. so I guess that's okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, same thing with uh, South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. They didn't realize they were talking about a, a uh, cock. Like, yeah. yeah just... What could be bigger, longer, and uncut? The movie. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's long. I will. It's, I it's will bigger, say... longer, and it's not censored. You know, compared to the show. I get it's fine. There's a what there's... penis? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Within the confines of the story, both Sam Rockwells take the existence of another Sam Rockwell very, very well. Yeah, they take they, it in pretty good stride. They well, here's the here's the other issue. They react as if it's like. You're just you're just a hallucination. You are just me hallucinating, aren't right. you? All right, I'm just going to pretend like this is normal, and eventually going to go away. I, I, none right, of them ever re- right. What's wrong with that? None of them ever freak out at any point. That goes, holy shit, you're actually real. Fuck, 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 fuck. I gotta say, I, I really, don't think I would in that situation. I think. Well, I, I think, think I would think I was hallucinating I for a long time they, and then start testing it. Yeah, before they get to that point, they found the clones, so they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I would be more. Con- I would be more concerned if I was. Um, what is 
Marty McFly's girlfriend's name. If I was her in Back to the Future 2, Jennifer, Jennifer when oh. she comes in and, and sees I was herself, suddenly Elizabeth Shue. If I, if <laughs> I see myself and I'm older or younger, then it's yeah. like, what the fuck? By the way, I want to say that large exterior shot of the moon, you could see the tracks, the tracks where the, megalith, where the megalith had been, yeah. had been mined. The topsoil had been, had been caught. Uh, which is exactly right because they can't, they can only go so deep on it. They can't, like, after a while, it's diminishing returns the deeper down you go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how they do it. I also gotta say, Sam Rockwell plays genetic degradation very well. He, he adds a lot of subtle touches to just a, you know, a loss, a progressive loss of coordination, a progressive loss of balance for everything from posture. I mean, just look at the way the two guys are standing right now. And it's the same guy, same experiences, but because one guy is, he also had a head injury in there, but but even so, he's we just weaker him. looking. He's just, we, we saw him on the treadmill running, and he like he kind of stops and coughs, and he's got that puzzled look that you know sometimes when you're working out, and some days you're like, oh man, today I just feel like crap. Like yeah, yeah, he plays yeah. that very. Oh, very and it also it also was uh, <laughs> secondarily beneficial because the way they ended up doing these cloning shots, just going to roll on past that. The way he did these clothing shots was they would pick a take to do first. They would pick right. one guy, and they would get it. To, and do it over and over again, and then decide on set, that's the take. Right. Then they would play it back in an iPod earpiece so that he could sense the timing of it. And sometimes he would use coughs because he's not seeing himself when right. he's trying to react to the one that's not there. So sometimes when he would play the first take, the sick take, he would, when he needs to move some particular way, he would have that character kind of go... <clears throat> and that's what which I Which mean. plays into the character, but it also helps him on set, which is... It doesn't matter. It's not like they added that for it being on set. It just... It was lucky it was and, beneficial and things like that are exactly why i'm happy we have duncan jones in the filmmaking universe now i'm, I'm glad that we have a guy who and and oh he know. just mentioned clones apparently they apparently clones is a thing oh really and there he's like i'm yeah. talking to a clone you're the clone so like so maybe they but but even so but the problem is at the very end when they go back and you hear like as he's rocking right towards, or you hear the radio thing like oh my god it's unimaginable it's horrible yeah. it's this crime against blah 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 it's like okay well if if cloning is accepted then why is that such a you well know, because like, the clo- because these clones are being you know manufactured as slaves like right no i know but then, but then why are they like like well, why they, are they okay with it because if that was the case then you'd be like oh you're the clone and then wouldn't you even think like oh shit maybe yeah. I, you know what like, if i am yeah yeah I, I I like the idea, and I might be wrong, or this is just an interpretation. But I like the idea that the Sam that started figuring it out, the new one who's healthy. I like the idea that he's sort of like you know, it's not likely that I'm just your clone or you're just another clone. I think we're all clones, 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 other, clones, yeah. clones, 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 all the way back. I think he's figuring it's it out. Clones all the like- way down. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that they are they're both clones because right. the yeah. traditional clone sci fi story is I'm I'm not the clone, you're the clone. Yeah. No, I'm not the clone, you are. And one of them usually is the real version and right. Right. sets up that question of what makes you real. But here they're both equally fucked in yeah. that regard. By the way, this is uh, for our comic book fans out there, this is an infinitely better uh, clone story than the much maligned Spider Man clone saga of 1997. Uh, which single-handedly killed, I was wondering. killed the sales mm. of Spider-Man. Uh, it, it like it dropped it to ridiculous. It, that was that's the example of a horribly poorly executed clone saga, just for the sake of it. Um, yeah, for those unfamiliar, it was basically in 1997, like, oh, Spider-Man needs something new to do, and they introduced this villain who referenced an obscure 1977 issue of Spider-Man. And he goes, "Hey, remember that time you fought and you beat your clone? Guess what? You're the clone." Readers, fuck you. Yeah, that happened, that happened a bunch of times. Like too. new hearts. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, guess what? You're you're not this. And then like the clone rolls up. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm I'm, I'm my name's not Ben Parker. I'm actually Peter Parker. I'm 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 the real you. And so you, who's been the readers have been following for the last twenty years, fuck you. Get out of here. Here's the new guy. And and readers just 
shit on it rightfully so right. uh that's a poorly executed mood sorry uh teague you mentioned the score it kind of just dawned on me doesn't the score sound a little bit like something i can never have by nine channels yes i just it just dawned on me the the note progression is almost identical to it well it's got it's also at a couple times it doesn't ever explicitly do it but it elicits the exact same feeling of the uh downward spiral motif Right, but that, that's that's off of a. Oh yeah, yeah I, I found this scene. I found this scene amusing just because it feels like that's this is always what you do if you've got one guy playing the same character. <laughs> is is you have them play ping pong together just to prove that you can? Like that's a, yet another kind of trope. I am I am impressed this scene by the, is uh, incredibly the interaction. Well done, the interaction the interaction of the table moving around on both sides. I like. Is it a CG ball or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That. When they actually are hitting it together, I yeah. don't imagine they would even need to make it a CG ball if they were actually, you know, when it, he's just knocking it off the table. Right. Right. Oh, right. right yeah. CG models. <laughs> CG chair. CG chair. Yeah. CG piping on the jacket. <laughs> Mr. Gump. Sorry. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know, right? You've been awarded the Medal of Honor. I'm. A, I'm. I'm pretty impressed as well that this. Uh, this took. Well, some like thirty-three days to shoot. Very brief time. Yeah, it was, considering it, yeah. that they had to keep, you know, they're like, all right, well, we did that. Now watch each that take short? now. Go get makeup and yeah. yeah. It looks like there no, was, it was a, it was a two-month shoot. No, it was thirty-three days. Well, it, it, was, it, could, it could be over were, the course of two but months, but thirty-three days. Well, they were talking on the behind-the-scenes thing about how they were there for eight weeks, and the first four weeks everyone loved the set, and the last four weeks everyone hated. Right, it. but <laughs> but British shoot schedules are six-day weeks. Oh, you know, so so that would be five weeks. Five, roughly five, five or weeks. So weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Divided by six. Yeah, get uh, there for setup. Get there for t- you know, yeah. Stay there for breakdown. Couple, couple so, days yeah. of breakdown. Uh, it looks like they're in a either a sunglasses hut or a lens factory. <laughs> so like the, if, that one shot back there where it's just like the, the racks there. It kind of looks like they're in a really high end mall. Yeah, I agree. Maybe maybe the <laughs> the, t- the Topanga <laughs> Westfield or something. I don't know. Now, something that's interesting is this daughter thing because it does clue you into stuff that may or, that could have just as well not been in the movie. Well, the basically, we time, see yeah. that these guys are of the opinion that they just had a daughter, and we find at the end of the movie that the daughter is about fifteen. 15. Yeah. yeah, that well, gives us a timeline that we would not have otherwise had. Right. It, well, you you see clues as to the timeline as as we go through, like when they go down and they see the the cloning bunker with all the specimens. Well, they see like a thousand specimens down there. It could have it could have been. 200 years ago, as opposed to 15 years ago. Right. Is my point. They clue you into the fact that this is still kind of recent. They've, right. If they were there for three years, this is the only, this is only the, what, fifth Sam to be born? I like that they start stretching out kind of at the same time. Well, yeah, I mean, it could have not been in the movie, but it it also I, I think that it, apparently that's the crew. By the way, that's like the first AD and, yeah. and all of them the the picture there. Oh. But um, maybe maybe Gertie did the tattoo work. I don't know. Oh, wait, these two guys? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. The the picture of here's the, the oh, we're right. sending a rescue crew, crew and blah blah. blah. Oh, okay, it was cool. like first AD because these two guys are just Duncan's friends from what I heard. They're actors, but they're his friends. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see that again, and uh, we'll see odd cameos again in, in Chinatown when we do that one. I watched uh, Sunset Boulevard again last night with my wife for the first time, and the scene where she's playing bridge with legitimate old tiny silent movie stars like Buster Keaton and everybody like that—that that, that's just that, that gets me every time. I just love seeing like you know. CG Gertie, CG Gertie. A lot of fucking roto on this movie. Oh sure, a lot of okay. Yeah, I see roto. the I see the CG there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now you can, now well, if you're it. looking for it, you can tell. Well, yeah. Look, now this is one of the more complicated shots in the movie, by the way. Oh yeah, with the camera moving around and. 
Is they, this motion control? It is motion control. Yeah. They, had, they, they had a... Uh, you can get very, very huge, complicated MoCo setups, or you can get one that's a little more portable, and they use that one, obviously, because yeah. the set was built... And they shot in the set, and they weren't able to like remove chunks of it. Yeah. I love that. It's like, are you hungry? Do you want to look at the keys? Look at the keys. The keys yeah. are jangly. Shiny, shiny. They built the set, and they couldn't. It was not modular. It was a set that it's done. At a couple of points, they had to like cut a hole in the wall just to get the camera back another six I'm inches. I'm a little surprised. I mean, just looking but at it, the, the, it like is a modular set. Why yeah. not just build it that well, way? Well, it's but interesting because the design of the actual place would be modular. So why wouldn't you? One of those crazy director things trying to make the experience real for everyone involved. Uh, they had a mandate. It probably wasn't followed strictly, but it was more or less the way things were supposed to operate. That when the crew got there, they closed the doors and everyone was in the set all day long until lunch break. So they would have the cramped sensation and Sam would be able to use that. Interesting factoid. Just leave Sam Uh, in there. (laughs) It's kind of, you know, to to talk more about like thematic of this, like, you know, there there are... There was like a working bathroom in the set. (laughs) Shit like that. There there are... um, you know, th- I mean, like I said, I'm a sucker for a good identity story, and uh, because uh, I'm always fascinated about how uh, stories approach themes of identity, because it's it, you, you, there's a lot of mileage there, and it never really it's something that we as humans kind of grapple with, and it's something that you know you you get a lot of good entertainment out of, and I think I like the idea that the older Sam is the one more volatile about the idea of having no identity because if you have no, if you're a clone then what are you if you're not that if you're not what you know what you think you are then what are you exactly he has more at stake because he's about to go home he's two weeks out so therefore he he's feels three like days from retirement he's 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 three he's two days in a wake up and he feels like he needs a he he has what justifies everything he's gone through if he has no identity the newer sam is still pissed but not to the level of old sam i guess really you quickly uh, he just said there before you know well you know, this is a company. So I was going to ask. I was going to talk about the economics of yeah, this too. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing: is the economics of the situation really don't work? Because essentially, this is yep. a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. basically set up here. And you, hey, corporations he, are evil. I'm all about that. Absolutely, but, you know, corporation. You know. Corporations are giant living people. Unless any of them want to sponsor down in front, yeah. at which point we live our corporate. Uh, we're very yeah. anti-corporate unless somebody wants to sponsor us. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so and even then, all the other ones are bad. Yeah. Right. He he says something to the Friends, effect. Let me of, tell you about this product. Yeah, but he says, he drink says, Coke Zero. I'm he sorry. says something anyway. to the effect of, uh, you know, wh- wh- which cheaper, you know, train new personnel or just you know make a couple of spares to do the job. Actually, it would be cheaper just to train somebody right. new. Yeah, no, absolutely. I yeah. mean, I mean, to, go, to to make this entire setup. The resource, well, and the resources involved in in generating clones and maintaining them biologically on the moon. On the moon. On the moon. First of all, first of all, step one: transporting all of that mass of hundreds, if not thousands, of clones right. up there in the first place. Right. Well, you can you can assume that maybe they were they started to be generated up there, but but you've got to. I mean, that's an immense power sink. Yeah, it's a that's, huge yeah. uh, energy. Yeah. Think so. Is it? Is it? Does it make more sense to do you know a shuttle up there every so often, every right. three years, or does it make more sense to make a thousand of them and what's and this keep box that says stem cells? What's this for? Yeah, you know, like I mean, and we won't even get into the whole aspect of how difficult it is to actually make a conspiracy happen in the space program. Right, right. You have so many. <laughs> right. I think we won't even go down that avenue. I mean, you yeah. know, just wait Suffice till... to say it's extraordinarily impossible. Just wait till Google yeah. Moon comes out and we can, like, <laughs> zoom in. Hey, what's this genetic cloning facility there? Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting, the trends of sci-fi over time. Because forever, yeah. uh, it was about 
of more or less society. And then when robots were a thing, it was a lot about robots. And then in the last 20 years, it's been a lot about what happens after the Earth is used up. Well, think right. well, well, it's a reflection like of all sci-fi. It's, well, like, it's a reflection point. of the times because robots became popular in the in the 50s when automation was really there. And the, the debate of the time is like, well, shit, I've you know that was when like am you, I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my job to a goddamn robot? Like, and 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 yes, you are. And, and <laughs> but, um, but no, that was that was it was generated out of a very real fear. So we use robot. You mean Indian person? Yeah. Right? Well, that's the other. Thing. We have a new sitcom coming out by Greg Daniels called Outsource, right, yeah. and it's about an American in India training a call center. Yeah, I wouldn't and, necessarily and, call that sci-fi, but I know. But, um, but that's the point. And so now our our they're Indian robots. I mean, you look at Avatar, you look at Moon. A lot of our sci-fi is about having to go outside because we've we've trashed the joint. Like, Wally yeah. and, and Wally. Yeah, Wally. I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's we. I mean, uh, this this goes back to cave drawings. We use our entertainment as a way to express our very real fears. Right. That's I, I, that's what we were just talking about. Like science fiction is a way to. As as um, uh, as I said, I, I took a course in science fiction, and really the only thing I really remember specifically about it was the definition of the purpose of science fiction, which is you know not to not to not to think about the future, actually, not to right. try and guess what's going to happen in the future, but to extrapolate what we're concerned about now and to take it to for logical it, take it to its conclusion and wrestle with the the fears right um and look at them from like you were saying from enough of a distance that we can get a clearer view to on to get it. a jump on the moral argument we're eventually going to have yeah yeah to get a jump on how we're going to grapple with it because because how else are we going to do yeah that? which is which is why sci-fi shifts in terms of its you know uh, you see a lot of the same kinds of you know in the in the 50s as well there were a lot of robots there were also a lot of uh, aliens disguised as humans aliens disguised as humans which yeah. is communism and there were also yeah. a lot of nuclear monster movies yep. because people were afraid of nuclear radiation. power and radiation. Oh my god, it's a 40-foot ant because of the Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then for um, a long time it was Big Brother stories. Right, yeah. but, th- but then what happened? We realized, well, okay, with robots coming in, there's still going to be jobs. Job placement just sort of shifts. Radiation will kill you, but it won't necessarily make a giant ant. Yeah. You know, so therefore, as, as we gain the knowledge to conquer that fear, that's when sci-fi shifts. Yeah, it's sci-fi, sure, shifts sci-fi to the jumps next, to the next thing we're thing. scared of. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, and that's why to me, that's why I'm drawn to sci-fi. That's why I feel sci-fi is, as a genre, important. Not that drama or romantic comedy or any of that other stuff isn't important, but sci-fi is important because that's that allows us the opportunity to grapple with some. Yeah, to give us some. It, it's the forward thinkers who are interested in sci-fi. People right. who aren't just concerned about you know what am I going to do this weekend? You know, it's it's what you know what are we going to do thirty years from now as a society? And that's it's, why guys like Duncan Jones are kind of important. And older sci-fi is is interesting because number one, a lot of those a lot of those fears don't necessarily go away. They just become right. less important. You can still watch invasion of the body snatchers and connect with it right. uh, to mm-hmm. to a certain extent you know but i mean they work as a story but they also work as allegory right. and even the ones where those concerns don't necessarily still exist you know a lot of them are still right. entertaining and right. good stories although you know although there's always the fear of the other even if the yeah. other has stopped being communists right. there's there's still always an other oh, sure, to be yeah. to be well that's why that's i was actually kind of a fan of the the spielberg war of the worlds uh, it has lots of problems Ugh. but it i actually of, like Spiel- has, the war of the worlds it has like, it has Problems, but we I should feel, do it. I feel like yeah, I feel like that is a, a sci-fi grappling with terrorism. I feel like that is, and even and they put too fine a point on it when Dakota Fanning says, "Is it the terrorist?" But no, that's legitimate fear. We lived we live in a world now where buildings can fall down. So therefore, oh shit, build you know things yeah. are things are coming up from the ground. There's a very important reason why that first ship came up from the street in the middle of a of a downtown.
downtown center. Right, and the and the, the Are reason. you saying that was symbolism? Because I won't have it, sir. Well, it, uh, also the <laughs> reason that... Are you in praise of the fact that these spaceships came up from the ground? Because yeah. I will not have that. They it's, were, anchor, it's also, they were anchor babies? I have come out no, that, very publicly that, that, that in is opposition. Also, that, is also cl- <laughs> that is also clearly the reason that it was altered so that yeah. they've been here a long time. Exactly. Because the, the, sleeper cells, yeah, sleeper, sleeper cells, agents. Exactly. Yeah. They, 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 did, they didn't arrive. They were buried down, and then a guy came down, yeah. and boom. And then that, that's your sleeper cell activating. Yeah. You know? Something that's funny to compare and contrast, speaking of the the basically trends of sci-fi, is that if you go back before electronic communication... Sam's looking rough, by the way. Early, 20, yeah, early 20th century sci-fi has a lot to do with machines that carry pieces of paper around the city and stuff like that. Well, oh, yeah. Metropolis. Oh, that's adorable. Well, even up to Star Trek The Next Generation, where they had iPads. They predicted iPads. Well, 2001 and, had iPads. And, well, I'm talking about even up, up to the early and mid-90s, you have this future concept of people have iPads, but I still have to physically take this iPad from the bridge to engineering to yeah. text down. Yeah, <laughs> we hadn't figured out Wi-Fi email. yet. We yeah. haven't figured out email yet. But... Um, I, lo- I love his performance here because he just yeah. got, he just got the confirmation, and it's not like this big outrage. It's just it's confirmation of a fear. Oh, Gertie! It's but Gertie it breaks is your heart right there. Yeah, it is totally like and and Rockwell's performance is great. That's yeah, love that Rock- C- CG him. Yeah, that. I think you can tell a little bit. But, uh, yeah, but it's it's so good. But yeah. Rockwell's performance here, you know, with with all of that, he was Gertie was telling him what's going on, and it's it's one of those things where he's being incredibly compelling while doing nothing yeah Yeah. he's just standing there and you can see him processing this information and it's all behind his eyes isn't it Um, a miser's thing that there's no such thing as nothing yeah everything is something yeah it's a and there's there's um you know there's just the moment like you say where he's just like okay you know he's just like the resignation that's how it is now I've got a, I've got and, that's, and, that's and of course you that's know. Meisner's definition of acting is living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Right. Yeah. So right. it doesn't you don't have to do anything to be acting. You yeah. just live truthfully. You have to react. You have to and react to, react to the situation as you would, and that will be compelling. Yeah. The, uh, back on the score because now we have an opportunity to really hear it as it's being used in the in the movie. I, I want to be clear. I do think it's good music. I think it's a well put together score, you and, I'm a, you and I'm a big it, fan yeah. of sparse piano scores for reasons that should be obvious to anyone that's ever heard the show. But I don't think it matches the movie very well. Now that being said, I think, it, I, think, I think Sunshine had an interesting score that worked a little bit better. I think it matches the movie just because, like you say, sparse piano it's and it feels very lonely and and it's got a Shawshank and, vibe to it yeah. actually. Yeah, it's very melancholy. Maybe it's just because when you start to play the piano, the first thing you're able to do is play shitty sparse mel- melancholy <laughs> things, <laughs> right. and then you're no, you're no longer impressed by them. Whereas Philip Glass can do anything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <I, laughs> I, I couldn't go uh, three years on food that wasn't heated by fire. You know, I I, uh-huh. I love I love to cook, and the idea that all of my meals are prepared or you know ready made or that's got a pretty good. This is Sam Rock- stereo on it. This is Sam and Rockwell's Jack Black and High Fidelity. Right. This yeah. is gra- this is Groundhog Day. This is like who gives a fuck? I'm a clone. Yeah, fuck it. You you must have eaten a lot of MREs. In I ate quite a few MREs. I don't know about you, but I love MREs. I love I, I like certain ones. I like I actually really like the corned beef hash one. That's what, what are we talking about? MREs meals ready to eat the army rations. They come oh. in a big brown sack like this. We and have they a, have they you you basically cook them quote unquote by the it's a really cool reaction. There's there's very this, cool. There's this metal plate in a bag. You you put and then all your food comes in pouches. You put a pouch that you want to heat up like the ham, which was the worst one. You put the ham in there and then you pour in water and then the water automatically heats from coming in contact with this nitrate plate I guess and it, cr- it starts boiling and it cooks your food um, spaghetti meatballs was the best yep. uh, corned beef hash was pretty good ham, ham wasn't so good especially because I had the ham 
three minutes before I went in the gas chamber. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but the, the the best one was which we, war were you in? No, no, we do. You, I, I talked about. It. No, no, I, know. I was I was making yeah. an Auschwitz joke, which is I, I know, sensible, I know, right? Nice. But uh, but the, the, we had a running we had a running bet the entire nine weeks. If you want to hear Eddie's story about getting gassed in the face with tear gas, <laughs> listen to Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket on downfront.net. Uh, it comes with two giant crackers that are the driest crackers you will ever eat in your life. <laughs> and we had a, a running bet with the drill sergeants too. Anyone who could get through both crackers without taking a sip of water, no one was able to do it. It is the driest <laughs> cracker in the world. Hard <laughs> tack. Anyway, tack. anyway MREs I are like great. space ice a, cream. If you go to an Army Navy store, I mean, try Pick it. Not everybody likes them, but I, 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 I like loved them. them. I like them a lot. Hey, Moon. The peanut butter's good. Hey, Brian, what's your favorite mm-hmm. planetary object? <laughs> Mars. Mars? Oh, I was going to say that, too, about... Um, we're talking about how sci-fi isn't really about just playing out how the future will be and not really dealing with moral issues. Funny. If you read the uh, Mars trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson, it's really just kind of about literally colonizing Mars for 200 years. Right. right. Quick, which is which is which, like, which is like candy for some people, and for other people, it's horrifying. <laughs> quick, quick, you enjoyed it, well, you? I, I really like it. That's similar, Red, Mar- Red Mars, to... Blue Mars, Green Mars. The Martian Chronicles. Yeah, but yeah. Martian Chronicles are from the 50s. Martian Chronicles I mean, is clearly from the 50s. Yeah, it's okay. good science fiction in terms of realism for its day, but you know, you're know, you talking but, about like 1952 when we had no idea how any of it Oh, worked. of course. Red yeah, Mars, you know, Green yeah. Mars, Blue Mars is, but, like, but, is very, very hard and very good. Yeah. A foot yeah. of just reading 300 years of Martian history. Martian Chronicles is very much more about this is actually about 50s America and we're yeah. just talking about space so that you don't realize it. Really quick. I, I read Martian Chronicles. I mean, I'm the one that turned Teague on to Martian Chronicles. I read it in high school or something and just absolutely fell in love with it. It's actually a fairly big influence on who I am and my interest. Right. So really quick, highly uh, recommend it. It's, it's tough and it's dense and it's slow, but uh, it's very, very good. Really quick thing about planetary bodies. You um, mean the Mars Trilogy, not Mars, Mars Trilogy. Chronicles? Okay. Yeah. I, I trained jiu-jitsu with a guy named Eddie Bravo. Uh, he, I've known him for 15 years. We used to train at uh, the same school in... in uh, I'm like 97, and when he opened his own school, I, I followed him. He he named his school Tenth Planet Jiu-Jitsu because he's really interested in like science and Mayan conspiracy theories and all this other shit. He so, changed the name so, of Ninth. Well, so in other words, name. he's he's not into science. Is what you're it's, saying? You're absolutely right. I love the guy, but yes, he's a bit kooky and, and a lot of his stuff. Meanwhile, you're but, Astro Ninja. There you go. I love science and I love ninjas in space. So there you go. Uh, but no, the the point is, is that he named his school Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu because according to an ancient Maya prophecy, the Tenth Planet. Oh no, the Planet system, X. The, the Tenth Planet is, is Nibiru, and therefore yeah. they're an advanced society that came to mine our planet for gold. But the reason he called it the star, isn't it the binary star? Um, supposedly, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 The, right. the reason he called the Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu, and he opened it in two thousand three, was because well, I don't want my you know there was Amer- there was Japanese Jiu Jitsu, then there was Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I you know I want my Jiu Jitsu to be. Like from the next, like if, imagine if this advanced society had jiu-jitsu, it would be like the shit. So oh. ours is the tenth planet. Or it could be terrible. What if well, it's humanoid? What if well, it's crabs? That's, that's like just imagine how off the chain their their jiu-jitsu would be. So we call our school tenth planet jiu-jitsu. And then about four years after the fact, is like, oh yeah, Pluto's not a planet anymore. And everybody's like, oh, are you guys gonna change your name now? And we're like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> no, we're two planets ahead now. I know ah. right? exactly. It's even better. <laughs> Next year will be 70th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Well, Pluto will probably be like uh, St. Petersburg slash Leningrad in that regard. Right. We'll just keep going back and forth over the centuries. Right. Manchurio and Manchukuo. What are they doing now? We've lost track uh, of them. No, they're going, no, they're going to they're, look for it because one of them has oh. the theory that the communications are being deliberately oh, right. staged. So now they're looking at And they're at going the... to see if there's actually functioning commu- uh, communications towers. Right. And there are. Yeah. But they're well, just, there are, they're but just they're disconnected. Blocked or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, one, and, one, so and one of them is like dying, a, dying. Yeah, he's got the Ebolas. 
<laughs> fuck, fuck. Yeah. That would be my reaction at that point, too. I'm just this giant fucking... Well, he's he's had it explained to him God. that he's deteriorating, right? He looks like a Tim and Eric character. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Like Gertie explained the, that he just falls apart. That's the other thing. Genetic uh, degradation. Like, it's yeah. just, it's not That's a not thing, how cloning man. works. Hey, look. Yeah. Well, that's hey, look. a Blade Runner. It looks like the uh, station though, is even it? underground. Yeah, yeah. It, but, you know, in Blade Runner, they're, they're robots, replicas. Are they? But, but, but my understanding. But the whole, like, cloning it's like a, degradation. It's like a biomechanic. Thing. Yeah, I thought, that, yeah. I thought that replicants basically are, like. It's biomechanics. Yeah, they're. they're in every way biological, they're just constructed. I always assumed it was the power source. I was just where I went. I just thought the power source has a seven-year lifespan, and then it's and then it's done. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, that's I, that, I that's why. That's what. That's my personal. I thought they were basically like genetically engineered bio clone type of things. Well, but they were. If you look the if you look at the way Rucker Howard dies in that, he it's not anything significant. That he doesn't blow up or pop an eyeball. He just kind of goes. Mm, he just like kinda that. Goes so sweet. you know, I always thought it was a biomechanical thing. Because there's there's another. Um, uh, uh, the what what Cameron <laughs> may may be working on at, yeah don't show that angle please um there's the <laughs> the the, tooth, yeah. the thing uh, other than Avatar two that uh, that Cameron's working Avatar on Avatar two under the sea yeah Battle Angel uh, <laughs> the Avatar ending yeah <laughs> the little Avatar um, reaching but Battle Avatar Battle Angel Alita is yes. is basically. Yes. But but it is. He was going like, to do that before Avatar yeah, originally, because yeah. Avatar he's had for a long time. I had a reference to Avatar in this book from like 2000 called "The Greatest Pro- Sci-Fi Scripts Never Written." Yeah, but it was Project 880 or something. No, at they time, named wasn't it? it. They called it by Avatar. It in was that Avatar. Book. Yeah, okay. They called it by Avatar in that book, and so it was weird. It's like, and I'd read that book so long ago, and I'm like, why did I never piece these? Right. Yeah, I could have had the spoiler of this, you know, like right. But and and, it, and the plot is almost identical. But yeah, Alita was. But Alita, as I as I recall, is essentially the same thing. It's like. She's constructed, but she's not a robot. She's actually made of right p- parts. biological parts, yeah. but but you know, built yeah. and badass. I, I'm not, you know, I was into anime a little bit in high school. Here's but was, here's the moment where you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I totally thought it was gonna be like murder spree here. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was gonna be like oh Robocop Blade or something. Yeah, or, you know. But then Gertie but comes I, but to help. Gertie, yeah. Gertie, you know, Gertie saves the cat here. Yeah, saves the like, Sam. I fix it. Although why? I mean, if, oh, it's a look. It's a window. That's machine. a horribly that's unevolved. A, if keyboard. Gertie again, yeah. If Gertie is part of the computer, can't you just well, be like, nah, it's fine. That's where they have to. Like, you don't have to punch have to, in there. They, they have to visualize. Gertie but that's like, and why? Yeah, why, yeah. why have? Why have the interface to unleash the bad memory conspiracy stuff on the human interface terminal? Like, yeah. Why, why not be like, oh, why not? Yeah. Why not Gertie's little face panel be like, all right, check it, and then <laughs> it shows the hey, real Sam stuff. over here. Look at my face. Spoilers. Yeah. It'd be funny if he just became Kevin Spacey's face, and then Sam Rock was like, "Kevin Spacey, are you, are you in there?" Oh, Kevin Spacey, Wait, the dude from K-Pax. K-Pax is another sci-fi movie worth talking about. I I, I like K-Pax. I like how they just accept this little incinerator as being a shuttle or whatever, because it's kind of like, but this is. This uh, is that's, an, an, that's another piece of well, not realistic science fiction. Yeah, right. But but the, why the, for me the for me the thing would be I, I'd be looking at it and go, this is in like the center of the base. <laughs> yeah, there this, are no doors. I don't buy this somehow. The spaceship is on the other yeah. side of the moon base. There's no little tracks or anything that yeah. it's on. Ha, um, <laughs> they they do accept that very very easily. Yeah, especially with the the. The justification that they have to put you in cryo sleep right. for a three day journey for three days, yeah, for three days. I've been here for three years and I'm all right. Yeah, and like it's uh, not I'll, different flying through space. As a as a it'd point probably of, be awesome comparatively. As a point of reference, astronauts spent two weeks in a Gemini capsule at one point. Gemini capsule, right. which is smaller than the front half of a uh, Volkswagen Beetle. 
Jesus. They spent two weeks in that. You could you could deal with that for three days. Yeah. I, I could not, but mm. yes. Uh, human beings. I get restless could. leg syndrome. I just start kicking. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. Hmm. Uh, change of clothes. I'm, try, I'm trying to change them. I'm yeah, trying so to it, see it, if there's is a door. The blood everywhere. I, I've unfortunately had a lot of blood trapped in clothing, and you can't get it out quick enough. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can't, like, fucking... What? Why do you even... At this point, why? They're they're already locked in there. Just be like, ha ha, boom. That's why <laughs> I, like, I, I can see that though. As like, I can see that though as their way of like absolving their conscience, going like, well, when they go, we you know, no, we've, and we've, think about all the good work you've sure. done. Look at the rabbit. Look at the rabbits, George. You know, like, yeah. you know. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great if they just dropped all pretense. Yeah. The end, you know, ha ha, burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's just like slow pushing spikes on the inside. Why? Yeah. Why are you? <laughs> why not fast? Well, as we know, corporations are. And evil, it's like video so, of your yeah. wife getting screwed by another dude. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just sadistic. That's what I'm saying. If you're gonna be evil, conspiracy people, be all the way evil. Like, be inventive. With Seriously, it. twirl some mustaches. Yeah. At least be entertaining. Wear a about monocle. It. Have a cat. Monocle. <laughs> Again, why? I think it's for. I think it's where all the ashes go, and once all the ashes they come and vacuum yeah. him out from that little. Yeah, tube. and then and then we find he it's underneath the giant model he's using here. Now, I wonder if that would be visibly, easily differentiable That's from just regolith, we, we've just dust on the ground. Th- this is the thing, though, and this is what I, you know, if you were an evil conspiracy guy and you wanted to murder your clones, fine. Right, got we're, it. Okay. We're with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the vacuum of space. Send the ashes elsewhere. You know, like, yeah. have Gertie come by with yeah. a Floby. You know, Don't like, or, or, or make, literally, literally in the living in room. The room. Or yeah. just dump the ashes on the surface of the moon where they will look exactly right. like the surface of the or, moon. Or mine it. Maybe there's a couple grams of helium-3 in there somewhere. I don't know. Like, just, you know. And why there's um, why there's going to be as why we... Why does the rover have brake lights? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, yeah. Don't tailgate. Don't... <laughs> well... If you can read this, you're too close. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if a maybe if a giant my other spider... moon rover is a car. Yeah. <laughs> Rockwell on board. Um, yeah. See why this has a human accessible panel at all? Like it's got a little ladder and everything. Why? Well, no this is where they put the. Well, I can, yeah, I but no see... one's supposed to go down there. Well, we've already there in the first place. They have a pre- they have a qu- pretty quick response with the team. Oh, there's a malfunction. The team's coming up. I mean, we know the team's coming there to kill him essentially. Right. So if there's a problem with the cloning device, they need to be have a human access. Yeah. And okay, if it's that fair. easy to send people up there, which it is, because it's the moon, just send people, don't send clone. people up there. <laughs> don't clone. Don't be that evil. Although it sounds like they're not sending them up, aren't they? From like the space shuttle or something? They're from some other little colony. Well, either way, it's it's a team. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's it's either way they're coming. It's a from, group of people. Yeah, yeah. they're coming <laughs> right. from civilization. Yeah. To this I mean, okay, here we go. Outpost. Here, here's here's a better business model. Have a seven year contract for a team of roughly thirty people to be on a space station nearby. Rotate two in at a time for a year. Rotate them out. Keep rotating them back. Yeah. Like send send a few home for a few, for a month or two on furlough. Have them come back. Like you're saving money. You're not evil, and you're getting a better, you know, a right. more happy workforce out of Seriously, this. Seriously, I mean, for probably far less than cloning on the goddamn moon. Let's let's reverse science fiction it for a second and say this were an oil rig in in the middle of right. gulf of mexico so michael clark duncan yeah okay uh, uh, like how would how would the economics too of many magic really beans work? sorry <laughs> sorry you know. with his giant wrench <laughs> uh but yeah i always try to reverse engineer the reasoning for making a movie like, I like this. the uh the you know but that's see, a the matte painting that's, no no that's not a matte painting but no? see you know that's a forced perspective tiny little tunnel right behind him oh wow. and but you can get a feel for how long this has been going on which is not long because you 
sees from the chambers with the red light versus the white light. Right. It's really only like seven or so. Right. It's well, it should be many. five if it's been 15 years. Whatever. It's, it's something like that. It hasn't necessarily been 15 because they activate a new clone if something happens. To right, right, right. So it could have been less than 15. It could have been less than He could have slipped yeah. and fell or something. Right, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I always try to reverse engineer the reasoning behind making a movie. And I think the reason he made this movie was he wanted to watch Sam Rockwell interact with himself as a clone. And everything else was designed to prop that up. And I, I when you look at it from that angle, I like this movie a lot. I think he wanted to watch Sam Rockwell act against himself being crazy, but he felt that the being crazy would be too cliche, so he came up with a clone thing to be a twist. That works, right. but it wasn't a twist. Well, I don't it's just, well, it's actually, just a word. we have about reached the third act before finally verifying the clones. Well, thing. yeah, we're, 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 we're at we're, an hour we've and bro- six minutes. We've broken yeah. into three, yeah. Yeah. That's a little forced perspective gag. Isn't that cool? That's, yeah. I don't... I mean, that's cool. I don't see the seam, so yeah. So we just saw it was like three and four, so seven. Yeah. There isn't a seam. It's a set that's smaller than it looks. Well, there's like, a like place the end of the, the, like the end of the tunnel well, is only about... Not really, it's not really a miniature. It's just forced perspective right. on no, the set. No, I mean, the sure. end of the tunnel, as we see it, is only about 20 feet behind him. Right. Everything just pinches towards him. You can right, still right. see a seam in a forced perspective shot if it's done wrong. Okay. Yeah, you can. I'm just saying that anyway. the set is designed anyway. to taper in right. scale. Right, right, right. We're yeah. fighting over nothing. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know what you call fighting, but we I are in violent it. agreement. I don't, call, I don't call this fighting. <laughs> anyway, so I see this as being a thing where he decided he wanted to see this movie about Sam Rockwell interacting with himself, and then had to make it the sci-fi movie, that's, and and did that to prop it up. That's possible if he had cast Sam Rockwell first, which he very well may have. No, he wrote this for Sam Rockwell. Oh, well, there you he go. approached Sam Rockwell with another movie, and Sam Rockwell wanted to play the role other than the guy that said, "I want you to play this role." Sam's like, "Well, I want to play this one." And they sort of hashed out, realized yeah. they were never going to come to an agreement on that. So he said, Sam Rockwell said, if you ever do a sci-fi movie, bring it to me because I love the script. Nice. The guy went home and started writing Moon. Ah. Interesting. Yeah. So he wrote this for Sam Rockwell. Okay. And Fair therefore, I, I would imagine he, he decided, I want to see him go crazy. Uh, clones. Sci-fi. Moon. Moon. There it is. Moon. Okay. He goes crazy on the moon. I do like that it's, you know, little things like this. It's not a super polished. It's not a fucking iPad or anything like that. It's this, it's sturdy. It's like yeah. it's like the thing that the cable guy comes when he's doing your DSL. Exactly. I think James Cameron invented that thing <laughs> and built it and has four of them. Yeah. In I fact, in fact, those are those are his hands in the shot right there. <laughs> I, I just recently listened to the Creative Screenwriting podcast with Jeff Goldsmith and he he caught James Cameron for like a half an hour did like a half an hour Q&A with him and it was the best I'd ever heard James Cameron and it was like this quick gag where he was talking about like just sort of the themes of Avatar and he's like he's like yeah because I mean it makes sense in the story that the corporations are fucking evil by the way corporations are fucking evil like he's just it was just him like kind of on point and, I don't know yeah yeah makes Before, me think of this movie yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean but for it, all it, the, it's worth emphasizing they really really are yeah they don't care about us no they are legal People and that I'm, eat money forever. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a pro-capitalist business guy, but there's a difference between business and corporations and right, what, right, what happens right. there. You know? There's a difference between free enterprise and corporatism. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's really interesting that they, wait, so they, they still like years and years later they still have this satellite uplink phone that <laughs> the daughter was just like, Oh, hi, yeah. person from space. I'm <laughs> right. fifteen. How are you? <laughs> oh, and here's the big reveal. Like, can I help yeah. you with something? Yeah. I can any, any, I can Google Moon it for you if you're looking for if you're lost. <laughs> need directions. Are you yeah. proud of yourself? Huh? 
Google Moon it. Oh yeah. Well, he it came out. I, 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 I did say. I did say. Are you over the moon with your? No, I am. Said, I am. <laughs> if we do have a Google Moon, can you do a Google Map like you know leaving Coinga Labs to Moon? Start. Yeah. Leave planet Earth. It does recommend that at one point you have to wrap your car in like a bunch of trash bags. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was somebody who did like that to Hawaii, I think, and yeah. it said like literally get in boat. And, yeah. And, and <laughs> well, there is there get is, on space shuttle. Yeah. There, there mm-hmm. is Google Moon and Google Mars. Obviously, right. the directions from to from there to yeah. here. Google to has that sort of sense of humor, though. I bet they you. Would. I bet you there's a way you can make that. They happen. would. It, Google. It, it would be you could get direction. It'd be get on space shuttle. Or it would be, you know, actually it would be go to Kennedy Space Center, train for two years, get on space shuttle. <laughs> Fail. Try again. <laughs> Take space shuttle to L2. Dock with shuttle. Go to Mar- Frau Morrow Highlands. I will say this this movie is far more accurate than um, The Reluctant Astronaut with Don Knotts. Um, that one didn't have its moon science as well. Um, <laughs> I just watched that for the first time with my family back in Buffalo and uh, – you know, Don Knotts, say what you will, but, it, you know, that, that <laughs> it has the most sort of haphazard view of, of space travel. This little plot that uh, healthy Sam hatches to get other Sam off, uh, which is clearly, it's very, if you've seen a movie yeah. in your life, you know that he's going to kill that Sam and then take it himself. You know, that's what they, another time they subvert exactly what you think is going to happen by just having it play out. Where right. you think, okay, he's going to kill that guy and take the thing for himself. And eventually the other guy says... You and I both know you're going to kill me and take it for yourself. Just go. Yeah. I, it's great. It's just like, oh, well, cool. Thank you for doing that screenplay because I was yeah. getting sick of you. <laughs> well, and he's all, you know, and he's also like, there's kind of no point. I'll probably die before I get there. So, yeah. So, seriously, save yourself the trouble. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing this movie does kind of get right, which makes me sad, but also kind of hopeful at the same time. You know, the next time we do go to the moon, it will be through private enterprise. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt. It's going to be through... What's Vir- that guy's name? Richard? Richard Branson. Branson for uh, Virgin Galactic. And Elon Musk, and there's and a Elon bunch Musk. of others. There's, I mean, yeah, and there's, and there's you know, people coming up with shuttles all, all the time. Elon Musk is a disgusting it's name. It's a race! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, it's it's uh, that is going to be the, the case. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how governments of the future stake out the moon. I mean, it's because I, I mean... I doubt we're going to be, I mean, China's making sort of aspirations, you know, of, of, you know, space travel and lunar travel and, and, and India probably not a whole far behind, but it's just, it's going to be very Why interesting. Why does he have a tambourine? No, no, why not? There's a, a tambourine right there. If I lived on the moon, I'd have a bunch of I'd have a shit. trombone. Because, I have, yeah. because he, yeah. he's the rocket man. Ah, uh, that was, you actually have to make a Mr. whole tambourine. There's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Just Google tambourine man and Shatner, and you'll you'll, you'll get be there. good to go. You could also make a like a tenuous you'll connection to space oddity, but you didn't see me doing that. By the way, yeah. my buddy had check that, Google Moon. It'll give you directions. My buddy had my <laughs> to buddy that, had that, to understanding uh, that joke. <laughs> my buddy had that album, uh, the Transform Man, on uh, uh, cassette, Ooh. and so the liner notes on cassette are, are pretty spectacular to read <laughs> nice. uh, from Shatner and his motivation for doing it. And and not just and you know the, his motivation is oh don't be fun. well no but the, the thing is is that album gets, I mean Mr Tambourine Man gets obviously and Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds get a lot of play but the things where he does like monologues from Henry V that lead he, every song begins with a monologue from like a great play and then it somehow pivots and do well Shatner's album has been is spectacular really good is which uh, the special guest appearance by our very own Mr T Christie aren't you in the back of vocals for Common People no oh. no I wasn't oh okay that's that's you you, you mixed two stories okay. Which we'll talk about okay. anyway oh, okay. some other time. All right, very cool. But no, okay. I wish I was. That'd be nice. I also wish I was Sam Rockwell. I wish I was on the moon with Sam Rockwell. 
No. Ooh. With but not his the, clone. Yeah. But played by Sam Rockwell. Yes, exactly. I really want to get my eyes checked out now. I just want, it's just like, look at I really need to go to Launch Crafters. <laughs> it does look like the little thing that... Yeah, it does the, look like he, yeah, the, 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 the glasses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's his meals, but even so, it just looks like, oh, it's a sunglass rack. And yeah. An empty one, but... Oh, and he recorded that, too. Everything's recording all the time. Big Brother is watching. <laughs> By the way, I tried on Google Maps to go from uh, Coin Labs to the moon, the moon and Mars. Didn't work. Didn't, didn't, didn't work. Okay. Didn't work. At least it should have some snarky response, like when you try to locate Chuck Norris in Google or something. It should yeah. have like some preloaded snarky comment for you. Well, I tried I tried to be specific. You know, Coinga Labs, our actual address, but Coinga Labs to uh, Utopia Planitia on Mars. That <laughs> didn't work. But it does identify Utopia Planitia if you like just look for that. On if you go to, if you use Google Mars, yeah, it totally knows. Interesting. The Utopia Planitia. Yeah, I'm not so nerd. That, you know, Utopia Planitia, by the way, is where the Enterprise D was built. Or will I, be built. I just have a feeling it's not going to be Moon. It's going to be like Google and Pepsi present Moon. You know, like when we actually go there. It's, it, you know. Google and Pepsi present Moon. Yeah, I remember just, the first time. Uh, it'll be the Pepsi Crater. There was, Pepsi a, crater. I know. There was a corporate sponsor, <laughs> Star <laughs> Planet The Dive Mountain Dew Fun Crater. Yeah. Like, that's what it's going to be. It's gonna well, be no, like, that's a Fight Club thing. <laughs> the Microsoft Galaxy, Planet yeah. Starbucks. Yeah, that's true. It'll be there, the corporations that. I don't think it's that far off. Like I don't the, think it's. You know. There was, uh, I, th- I think it was right after the Soviet Union collapsed and they had no money. Uh, that they started having corporate sponsorship for their for their rockets. So you would have like yeah. the Taco Bell logo mm-hmm. on the side of oh, one of their man. rockets. Talk about bad like food for an astronaut. Ugh. That's you know. Well, depending on how you feel about it, it would preserve pretty well. Yeah, it, it would say good for the. You entire, heat up a bean burrito in twenty years. The entire two years, it would still tastes like a bean burrito. Yeah, you can eat half of it when you launch and half of it before you dock, and you're good to go. <laughs> like, all right, now he's going to Gertie and saying we need to wake up a new clone. But Gertie just said you can only wake up a clone once the three-year contract is expired. Right. But what's what's going on is he's saying if you don't do that, we're both going to die. Right. Is it your mandate to keep us healthy and helpful? Yeah, but but clearly Gertie has already violated that and in I, waking I, this other I, Sam. I, but, I, but it's logical. It's not like Gertie gains a soul. Sam yeah. actually tricks him to use his internal programming to his benefit. Like He's like, if, if, if you do not wake up another clone, me and him will die. Do you understand? Do you want that? No, I do not want that. My programming tells me not to. He's not like... Gertie doesn't have a morality case. It's not like, what is love? What is love? Yeah, that's but, not what it is. It's he's just, just like, he's using what? The program. Sam, die. No, 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 that's bad. I will not do this. Then. Disassemble. You know? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's the easily bamboozled AI. Yeah, if it's, equals Sam, die, then. <laughs> but at the same time, Gertie has been helping him through the entire movie by yeah. giving him clues. But only because he sees him in distress. It's yeah. like every time every time he helps him, it's motivated by something that Sam does. It's a react, reaction to the behavior, which probably you know, yeah, the isolates some algorithm. To, to yeah. help Sam. He even and says to assist, it. Keep him he even says is to, uh, his job is to help Sam, so whatever that requires, and in that, he and, does it. In that case, I give it a lot of credit. This is another one of my movie cliches. Granted, he's sort of dying. Yeah. I get it. But I really... Showering with the clothes sa- on. Showering with the clothes on, absolving of sins. I, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> it hurt a Bumped, like just pissed me off to no end when it did that. Yeah, although that that is starting to come up in comedies a lot for exactly that reason. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I like this. He thinks it's the his his other Sam friend. Yeah. That was <laughs> that was my favorite. Uh, there's a Siren Live uh, video. And now he said, "What the fuck <laughs> is happening here?" Seriously, three of us. <laughs> come on. Um, 
there's a uh, Saturday Night Live digital short uh, called Dear Sister, where it basically reenacted yeah. the killing from like one episode of the, the OC, OC yeah. when uh, it played Imogen Heap. That know, became the- that became a meme for a while. Oh, I know. I lo- yeah. I, my favorite was the Lord of the Rings one, where no. Boromir keeps getting hit by yes. arrows. Yes, that one was spectacular. <laughs> where were we? No, it's just no, no. Mm, what, what you say? When it, oh, that part of it. The death. Yeah, because in, in the OC, like somebody kills somebody that I know nothing about, but it does all that. Yeah. And it's it's all slow motion. Everybody's reaction is slow motion. Single drop of blood. Like, every death cliche you yeah. can cram in. <laughs> this, this one was a All right, here's how yeah. they're doing it. Here's how they're doing it. That arm that's touching his head yeah. is live on the set with the Sam that's leaning on it. And right. And the other Sam then is laid in front in, of it. Yeah. Right, okay. Clever shit. Oh, yeah. Clever fucking shit. Mind step. I, I don't know why. <laughs> mind step. I, I don't know why. Welcome to mind step. Boy, everywhere it says mind step. I don't know why they have to raise the 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 bottom part. Isn't of that the how it is on so, uh, aircraft carriers? Don't they have I don't know. Those well, they're on ships. Yeah, they're compartmentalized. So presumably you could that door is close for, off one. Of, no, yeah, that, like, I, I understand a, why it's there. I just don't understand why they don't make it level with the floor. I don't know. Well, so it overlaps the door and makes a perfect seal if they ever have to take okay. a part off. All right, fine, fine. I don't fucking know. I just made fine. that shit up. Running. I dorkmaned that. No, it works. Yeah, I mean, set design, it's it's this nice sort of like halfway to, to 2001. You know, like it's it's, it's this nice, the, the all-white aesthetic is there, but it's very lived in. It's very, you know, there, there's obviously some rust and corrosion. I like all the dirt right at the the place he probably would have come into after right. all of his stuff. Right. Do you think right, do you think it? the character of Sam Bell every time right after he wakes up just feels the need to go outside just in his suit and go, "Wee, I'm on <laughs> the moon." I would do that for about a week. That that shit would never get over. I would that would yeah, be my hobby. I, would I wouldn't make forever. a fucking town. I'm sorry, I didn't have time to paint it or build it to scale. No, I'm going out on the moon and bouncing around. Right. I'm going to take things out of the space station and throw them and go, man, I'm great <laughs> at throwing. I mean, I'm going to have... But that's another element of the plot that doesn't quite add up because the, the justification they use when they wake up each clone is that, oh, well, on your way in, your ship crashed and you lost some memory. But then how do you explain all the fact that this place has been lived in? Well, and also when I make my rounds out there, why don't I ever see my crashed ship? Mm. You know, like yeah. why don't I ever run into? Oh, okay, because I'd, I'd want to see that. Like, are you sure that's what they program his memory with? Because I thought it was you've been here for on. you've been here for a while, uh, and then you had an accident. I thought that was what it was. I thought the justification was that it was really it up, was relatively. It, it, it's not too far into. They, they update his memory occasionally. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> said that. and that just raises more questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see the forest for the trees too much. I mean, like, you know, obviously there's some issues I have with it. The, but the reason why the the movie does a lot of things right, the movie does, it works for me on a lot of levels because it gets it gets the character, it gets the 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 reaction to these events, even if the events themselves don't line up. The the, the human reaction to all this stuff that the Sam Bells go through is real. Um, it it just doesn't stick. The landing is not even the landing. It's it's takeoff isn't as quite as clean as we'd like it to be. Wobbles a little bit. Yeah. Whoa, oh, shit. You know. I don't know why you would see beams of light coming out of the lights because there's nothing for there's them no to be hitting on the way. Right. The there's no mist. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's like some sort of venting, but then again, it would be a little bit more articulate than just light beams. You know? Yeah. This movie's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh. But again, I mean, the alien life. We talk about the set design of the prestige. Second magic bean. <laughs> we, do, we talk about the set design of the prestige and how, like, in the background, you can see tiny, tiny details that you know are so added up. And, and same thing with Master Commander where, you know, they get all these things. Uh, they go to painstaking things for things that you'll that 99% of the population will never, ever notice on. But it's the mentality of doing those things that will 
get everything right. You know, that leaves nothing sort of to chance. Then Can you sure, imagine how long? Make sure you don't have any plot holes in your story. Right. For all these, for all these scenes, and there are a lot of them where there are two Sams and one of them is very, very, very sick. Yeah. The amount of time between takes where they had to apply that makeup yeah. every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I was saying earlier. I'm like, I'm surprised they made this movie as fast as they did. Now, do we know if they they still shot this movie chronologically? Like each scene. Yeah, not, they waited 400 years. Not necessarily chronologically, <laughs> but they shot this scene on that day. They didn't shoot this half of that scene on day one. I would imagine they would do it on the same day. So so. Sam Since Rockwell this is so performance-based, I could see that happening. I don't know for sure. I would, I, I would imagine that, and also, you know, it just seems like a lot of downtime. The locations as well, you know, they do all the rooms, uh, all the scenes in the little kitchenette or whatever, right. you know. Well, that's like c- that, consecutively. That's always the the number one aspect of it's like there's a hierarchy of lists of how you schedule your production. Like right. number one is like actor availability, and then number two is locations. You right. always shoot one location, of course. Finish it, but the move but the pain. The I, I mean, the pain in the ass would be scheduling it so that each scene you know because the kitchen you know he's destroyed the 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 table and stuff so you have to do that scene separately from the other ones and it's like do you do all of the healthy sam and then reset and do all of the how does that work i'd be very interested in actually finding out how they broke down this movie this is another one of those movies where i really feel for the continuity yeah for the script supervisor oh man and again i almost feel like like how do for each shot, you know that that you see them in together, you can't you can't run the whole scene. You have to do yeah. one half and then set up the makeup and all that, and then do the other half before right. you move anything. Right. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> Con- continuity bug there. Um, they don't the wheel design they're using on all, all lunar craft from here on forward is uh, it's it doesn't look it's not those giant inflatable things because you could hit a rock and puncture it and die. The wheel they're using now is actually called uh, Tweels. It's a tire, but a wheel. It's a, So it's a tire exterior, but it's like a spoke. It's hollow. There's no air in it whatsoever. It's spokes. It's a bunch of like microfiber spokes that go out, so it could puncture and it could still roll. How do you know wall. they're inflated in the movie? And that, well, they, they could, they could, just, looks, be, they could could, just be giant foam wheels like little kids' bikes have. It it's be, it's true. But, they, I mean, they have, but no, if it's foam wheels, then you see depression in dents. Like right. it actually bounces on. Well, the it's a little RC surface. car that they're playing yeah. back at one third speed. Get that? I'm just saying. And I I don't think like that to do the wheel. Wait, is that really? That's not really a continuity thing. That's just a science. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I mean continuity. I, I yeah. misspoke there, but yeah, just a just sort of a. You're just trying to piggyback on our conversation. What? Who? I'm sorry. No, no, I no, just a you know. continuity conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's funny. It's it's funny they mentioned Hawaii because a lot of the um, a lot of the testing they're doing for lunar craft now actually happens on the Big Island. There's this one stretch of land near a volcano there where it's is the, the only, Big Island, Hawaii. The Big Island of Hawaii, because yeah. Uh, yeah, the Big Island is called Hawaii, and that's where King Kamehameha was from, and he conquered the, all the other islands and united under the Kingdom of Hawaii. I love this scene. I've never seen anything like quite like that before, where they are both telling each other how they met their wife. Yeah, you know that that reliving that moment, but they're going one after the other. Right. When I rewatched this the other week, I this was is like, what this it's like. Very Bob interesting, Saget as you know. So yeah, like yeah. I don't mind it because there's something else going on. Yeah, it's not just it's an interesting as you know for you know. to give. Yeah, information it's just it's not just an as you know. It's a it's very subtextual. I like yeah. I like how sweet this is. Like this is just yeah. a very sweet scene, and it's like, you know, I, I don't know. Even though it's it's just odd because it's himself. It's a weird. Right. Bu- it's a weird buddy picture. It's like this weird. Yeah. I you know. I do want to call bullshit on one thing that never happens in the movie, and by implication, never happens. At some point, these guys. Oh dear. You oh. know. Yeah. They <laughs> oh, did. Shit. They did. That, it, no. It, it did happen. Like, uh, hey, let me see. Let me see your hand for a second, bud. Come here. Uh, it happened. If it happens in space, it happens when you're in space by yourself with yourself. 
That's a dark, dark. That, that I if it happens in space, that's a premise that we're going to have to establish <laughs> at some point. Yeah, <laughs> before like we a, can go any further with the logic. That's like no. Actually, I'll bet you that's a pretty good guess at what the next big theme of sci-fi is going to be: what, is sex? fear of space travel. Oh, my, my uh, wife is terrified of space. So like, by the way, for what it's what she is like terrified of the vast emptiness of space. She can watch a sci-fi movie that's in space if like there's shit happening, but the second you see like. A thing, two thousand one, where the dude's dead. Starts. She stopped. That, that was it. That was just yeah. like ah. That's like every phobia she's ever had. For me, I. I mean, and for me, I said it's like very you know, existential. I know. I said you know when we grow older, there's a solid chance we can have commercial space that's affordable. Like when we're old, like in retirement, you know, like part of our retirement's like going to like I'm going into space. Like, oh, you're, you're not stopping me. And she's like, well, have fun. And I told I told Brian once, and I maintain, if I ever win the lottery and get five hundred million dollars, I'll give him. Up to a million dollars to get into space. <laughs> I uh, I will tell if and when I ever marry. Before I marry the the girl, I will tell them. Listen, you have to understand that the day it becomes available to move to Mars or wherever, I will sell everything I have and do it. Right. You can come with me if you want. Yeah. But whether you are yeah. or not, I am going. <laughs> I'm going to right. Mars. Our kids. I'm going to talk space. about that. Yeah. I don't. I, well, I don't care if our kids are six months old. I'm going. They can come too. Bring the diaper genie. Your echoey low low pass piano is not impressing me. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't I, I don't mind it. I no, I, no, I think it's, it's fine. Again, I think it's good music. It's a good little it's a good little piece. It's I mean I I I don't mind minimalism when done. Right. I like the design of uh, the the kind of uh, the screen elements. Right. It's, Very kinda, it's and almost clean. a throwback in a sense. Yeah. The old science fiction, you know, before we had the complicated computer graphics we're capable of today. Right. Where it's like, oh, we can only really have this simple digital readout right. for some reason, even though it's 500 years Wait in the future. Wait a second. What is this unit for? What unit? The one that he's getting into to shoot him off? I is that remember. there they to make people it. go home no, anyway? No, that's, no, no, that's no, what they that's shipped what the Helium-3 they... home in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, you see it at the beginning of the movie. He loads the containers, then you see it fire off into space. That's your footprint in the snow, as it were. Yeah, no, foreshadowing. I know. Just... Um, yeah, foreshadowing. But then that also raises technical questions of, I know he's in a spacesuit, but his spacesuit wouldn't have enough air for three days. So how he yeah. survives yeah. that journey. I I can hold my breath for like two minutes. So <laughs> Okay, so, you, so that, say the spacesuit gives you six hours. So you get six hours and three minutes. Then you have what? Well, no. If you if you hold your breath every two minutes, you just go. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) You could you could get going for a little while. I I think David Blaine held his breath for seventeen minutes. Fuck him. (laughs) No, he really did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. There's a a free diver who like uh, can hold his breath. Like they they did a blood. Blaine Blaine has the world record. Seventeen minutes. The secret is you inhale a lot of higher oxygen concentrate volume stuff first. Right. Uh And get your lungs in that mode, and then you. That's actually a new thing athletes are using now. There's this. It's literally pure oxygen in a can, and uh, there's actually a bit of controversy because some state athletic commissions won't allow it for sporting events because it's considered performance enhancing, uh, even though it's just air. But it's like it's pure concentrated O2. There was recently an event, a uh, fighting event in Texas uh, for Strike Force, where. Like in in between the one minute in between rounds, the guy's cornerman literally held the can up, and just, you hold it like this, and you just shoot, and you just get as much of it as you can, and your energy just shoots up. Wow. That's a little yeah. bit that that was a little bit of a a dark moment there in a sense Which where we- uh you know Gertie wants him to reprogram him to help him out so yeah. they can't find out what's going on by right. searching his memory banks or whatever. Right. But he he has a line. He says, you know. Um, uh, the new Sam and I will be back to our programming as soon as I reboot. And and Sam goes, Gertie, we're not 
we're not programmed. We're pe- talking about Sam. He's like, we're not programmed. We're people. Do you understand? And Gertie just has the little smile on his face and just turns around. <laughs> doesn't say anything. He's you like, say so. Just, so anyway, <laughs> that would be great. That would be great if the arm was like, uh, of course, dude. yeah, of course. Pat, pat. I'm, I'm sorry. Certainly, how silly of me. Yeah. <laughs> Snicker. I wonder. I wonder what Snicker face or what condescending yeah, exactly. emoticon I could have. Uh oh, don't do it. I think that's gonna be the next because, like you know, zombie movies classically always boil down to humans are the real monsters. Uh, so I wonder, like, if cloning that's gonna be the thing. Like, we're all just machines. We're right. all just sacks of circuitry. Well, it's not a. It's, it's not, not wrong. A bad point. It's not wrong. Yeah, it is yeah. in fact the case. We're sacks of circuit meat. That's yeah, what we're. Right. You know, the humans are the real monsters. Uh, I don't think any movie put as fine a point on it as Birdemic did. Yeah. Because <laughs> at literally at one point in he the trailer, it, apparently, yes. humans are the real beasts. Like, yeah. you know. Oh, I just clicked something. Okay. Uh-oh. My favorite is, speaking of Twilight Zone, my favorite is still the monsters are due on Maple Street. That's, That's a good one. Mine is example of human beings are the real monsters. I have two. I, I don't know the names, but one is the uh, is the old man with who his niece is like his caretaker, and he designs a robot, and she kills him. And then, but in the will, she has to take care of the robot in order to keep the fortune. And then the robot mm. starts exhibiting behavior just like the old man, and it's like this weird, mm. really weird, like psychodrama. My other is uh, it's a bunch of rich assholes, and one guy just talks incessantly, incessantly, and they bet this guy. Uh, you can't talk for a year, and if you can't talk for a year, we'll give you like some insane amount of money. But you've got to live in like this glass box where everybody can see you, and you've got to live here and not talk for a year. And uh, you know, spoiler alert: uh, a lot of things happen on the way to it, but in the end, uh, he wins. And they're like, "You won, you did it!" And he just starts crying. And the entire time he's been living in this box, he wears like this classical smoking jacket with like this ascot, and he just starts crying. Like, what's the matter? And he pulls the ascot down. And he severed his vocal cords like beforehand. <laughs> and it's just there's a lot of stuff that happens on the way to it. But that's like I remember as a kid that was like the most shocking reveal like I had ever seen like in anything. Wow. It's like that is really scary. Yeah, isn't it? Now, this is re- the really sad part. Is like, oh, he wasn't dead. Fuck, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> You know, but he saw the other guy escape, so, you know, awesome. You know, it's funny we mentioned, like, young directors getting their start in that way, because Spielberg's first movie was a made-for-TV movie called Drive. And Duel. Wh- or Duel, I'm sorry, yeah, Duel. One of the things he... Uh one of the early things he did was Amazing Stories on NBC. Which Amazing was, Stories is awesome. Which is great if you ever get the chance. There's I love one, the one about the magician. Well, the one Spielberg directed with the World War II guy mm-hmm. and the, the guy in the gun pod who's an animator. Oh, that's amazing. I remember seeing that's that amazing. That blows your mind. Or the guy who's... Uh, We're his, approaching the end of the movie here. Yeah. We should talk about this. How do you guys feel about the last little little joke about he's coming through the, the signals and you can hear like the Fox News guy I, I, did, about, I don't I, care well, what not, but he's an immigrant he, and he has to pay taxes now he's right. not coming oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's not coming through cute. the signals that's just showing where it's going that's, that's the, the future that's yeah. the simultaneous yeah. epilogue yeah, by, by the way if you were shaking like that for three days guess what you died <laughs> you died right your eyes exploded and your brain hemorrhaged but the, the thing but yeah I, I feel like I feel like we didn't need it like I, I feel like you could have had like that's enough well it does mm-hmm. make the audience yeah. laugh in the theater sure but, you do always you, know, you, you go out well, you, you go gotta, out you go out chuckling and you, and you do have to if you fade to black and have a fart sound that would make some people yeah. laugh you know I, mean? I feel yeah. like I feel like though you do it, it, I, I'm glad they did it because it is necessary to address what happened what he got there right. and then what so and, and you need to hint at he the, went public and yeah and I think where this movie fails I like the like, live feed available that's like that's like enough of a hint of like oh it's not going to be the same after this yeah and We're, I feel like because the live feed available that answers the question for me I I, I don't necessarily need. This stuff, the Clone Six, the Clone of Sam Bell, I mean, this other stuff. I don't necessarily need that. The live feed available, that's enough. That's like enough of a mystery. Say what you want about Inception, but I like 
the openness of that ending. You know, I like the idea of like, oh, you know, like the idea of, of all that stuff. I don't know. So. Cool. It, some, sometimes part of where this movie does trip up is uh, in it where it tries to hint at the outside world or the, the extended universe that exists beyond this little bubble that Sam lives in. And so it, I don't think he quite got a handle on figuring out this the the larger universe that Sam Bell lived in right, right. and how it connected. I love this movie. I, I, I'm I, really happy with this movie, I and I, I understand Brian's problems with it, but the movie we got is a movie that I enjoy. I, I, you know, I can see tweaks happening. I can see tweaks happening that would not necessarily make the movie any worse. That would have made Brian happier. In any case, uh, Moon as is is a very refreshing, independent film. Above all else, and the fact that it's sci-fi in in many cases, in many situations, and in design, uh, very realistic, hard sci-fi, with a little bit of fucking fantastical cloning going on as well. Doesn't it? It on the whole makes me a, a happy camper, and I'm happy to have it. I, I'm not a huge fan of the score with the movie, but the score by itself is also cool. All, all in all, if I could watch Sam Rockwell go crazy all day, every day, I would watch that. That would be my that would be my Truman Show. Well, you'd want to keep your eyes on it, I tell you what. You don't <laughs> want him to get too close without yeah. you realizing it. Yeah. Brian? <laughs> Moon? Yeah, yeah uh, you know, and I don't want to give the impression that I hate this movie because I don't. It, it is a very solid, especially for a first-time filmmaker, for a, a freshman uh, effort. It's a very, well, very he, solid film. he did film. commercials and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First feature film. First feature film. Um, but I think just that disconnect between the the world the production design lives in and the world the story lives in uh, that disconnect just it disappoints me because as we talked about in the sunshine commentary what I would love to see is Apollo thirteen about something that hasn't happened yet and the production design is that but the story is not and I just find that disappointing. Dorkman, how do you feel about Moon? I like it. I like it. I mean, oh primarily... my god, they only list one Roto artist. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very busy Ollie man. Weigel. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Ollie. Yeah, <laughs> primarily. Um, you know, primarily it's a it's a character piece. It's a character drama, and and in that sense, it's fascinating. It's really, mm. it's really quite something to watch. Uh, uh, Sam Rockwell gives an amazing performance, and a lot of people were pulling for him to get some kind of awards nod, and he didn't because no one paid any attention to Moon in terms of the uh, awards. Uh, I'm really surprised. It, it didn't make, at least get a nod. No, but it did make the short list at the Bake Off, if I remember correctly. For, for visual effects? Did yeah, yeah, Trey but talk about that? We can we can look into that if you want. But, I, mean, uh, I know that Sam Rockwell was not nominated. Yeah, he right. should have been that's, nominated that's as a performance. Um, I don't or, know if he would have gotten lead or supporting. <laughs> leading, <laughs> lead, leading role. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, that's uh, his performance is really what makes the movie. Uh, I think, and he does a great job. And uh, you know the. The story's a little wonky, but at the same time, it's uh, finally, um, uh, you know, going, oh, hey, uh, science fiction doesn't mean things have to explode. You know, that's that's yeah. not what science fiction is. It doesn't mean things flying through space at high speeds or, or anything like that. It can just be a struggle to understand ourselves and our context in our world and in the, the logical conclusion future world of this. So um, uh, I really like it. I'd like to see more movies like it um and uh you know it's not a, precisely a perfect movie but as we said a couple of times uh i'm very glad that this movie exists and i would like to see more like it yeah i mean eddie the eddie Doty. that's and that's what it boils down to like i said it's a small pot small hand uh uh film i think for the resources it has it does a phenomenal job yeah we should point out it's, it's a five million dollar budget that's insane and that's, that's nothing insane. for, all, for all the stuff yeah. they were able to do for all the corner and a lot of the practical effects, I think the movie needs a lot of com- com- uh, uh, commending on it. I think you know 
we just we need more people thinking outside of the box like this. And I think this is, like I said, a very good announcement. This is Duncan Jones saying, hey, I'm here. Give me $10 million, I'll show you what I can do. Give me more, and I'll show you what I can do. And give me give me a different story. I want to see him not just do sci-fi. I want to see him do, you know, I want him to try his hand at other but stuff. But this is one of those things where it's like, that man can make a hell of a $5 million movie, That's, but he can't make a $20 million you're movie. You're absolutely we'll right. Out. I mean, Kevin Smith got... Four million from all rats, right? You know, and 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 uh, you know, they did pie for two hundred thousand, and then I think they did uh, requiem for Requ- like a two three million. two three million, and then he did uh, fountain for what thirty? I yeah, want to say you know, thirty. Yeah, fountain was yeah. three hundred at the start, and then it was three bucks. After. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but that's the thing is like I I think we need I think we need his voice. I think we need more films like this. If this can inspire another filmmaker to do things like this, yeah, I w- we need this. this I don't is- care if Brian doesn't like something about it. More of those. We is need. Good. We yeah. Need, I absolutely want more of right. this. We need sci-fi movies that know they're sci-fi movies, as yeah. opposed to being action, action movies, movies that use yeah. sci-fi as an excuse. L- action movie with yeah. lasers versus you know. Yeah. Versus that. So. Right. But yeah, and I'll, and I enjoy it. Like when I I watched it a few days ago, and I hadn't seen it since the theater. But when I watch, I'm like, this is fun. This is a fun little movie, and it's it's not always fun. It's kind of dark, but it's 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 up my alley, and uh, you know, more power to them, and and keep them coming. Yep. That was Moon, and this has been Down In Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes and get a brand new episode every single week. We've added some new in- incredible and exciting features. You might notice in your iTunes that the artwork in this file changed repeatedly. That's because Matt Feta Veda and a team of would-be helpers on the forum have been doing show notes in M4B. A format, yeah, M4A format, which means that you have chapters in iTunes. Look it up; it's it's wicked cool. If you still want the MP3, you can get that from the site. Yeah, the yeah. M4. We should we should create like another feed for just the standard MP3s because we're, we're talking about that on the because forum. the uh, um like I tried to load I think Salvation on my iPhone and it doesn't work. Interesting. It, it we're we're, it we're working on the, it. Uh, we can enhance. talk about it after the outro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, also there's a big fat donate button. We're not asking, but, but we're, asking. we're just saying. We're just saying. We're not asking, but we're saying. Furthermore, along We're those lines, the if, you go to the store, if you go to the store, you can buy Moon, and uh, if you do it for our link, we get like a buck, which is great, cool, whatever. Forum, interesting community, involve yourself in the conversation, and until next time, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finifter. Hi, Scott. Eddie Doty. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. I'm not saying people who donate to Down in Front get hot women, but isn't it interesting? That people who do. I'm just asking questions. Isn't it interesting that we're asking the question? That's yeah. all I'm That's saying. That's all I'm saying. Do not hot women attracted? To people who donate. Trendsinyourhead.com.